0: What are you laughing about?
1: <laughs> Here we go. Can't
0: wait. I'm just finishing up watching another movie from child actor star Ricky Schroeder. The oh, champ.
1: that's what the champ. Yes.
0: Ricky Schroeder. <laughs> Silver Spoons.
1: Oh, the train. But I this mean.
0: this this new movie that he's got out where he's undressing the Costco representative in the front of the store. That's a little different than his old work. Than his previous work.
1: Yeah, it's a little more serious. <laughs> Although I guess the champ was pretty serious, right? But it, Oh, John Voight. I still haven't seen it, I don't think. I know. I don't John Voight. Don't go, champ. Yeah, don't go, I, no, champ. It's a little rough, I bet. Oh it's Yeah. Th- yeah, but this An all time tier jerker. I can't tell if this is this new one's a comedy or a drama. I'm still trying to figure out what it is. It's, you
0: know. No, it's definitely not a comedy. And I don't know that we're allowed to talk about it because it becomes very political, but it's all over. Like millions and millions of people have watched him oh, yeah. just verbally take on one of those people at the front yeah. of the Costco store. The greeter. Because, because the the greeter, because the greeter would not allow him in without a mask. Yes. Even though I'm not okay. No,
1: no. <laughs> well, no. Look, I'm there, not going to do it. But look, there are state guidelines. Yes, there are. Right, that we all have to follow. Yes, turns out, especially here. And then yes. there are other guidelines that that big companies like Costco have. And Correct. There are. There just are the rules, rules. Whether you like them or not. But what about Ricky? <laughs> I can't. do He's this. by the way. Okay. I think he
0: was on N- NYPD Blue. Oh, he was. Also. Yeah, I loved NYPD Blue.
1: Yeah, I didn't get into that one. Oh, that was
0: yeah. '90s, oh, I think. Oh right? Oh my god! Yeah, see. I loved Detective Andy Sipowitz. Oh, the guy's ass N- showed oh, everything. <laughs> Dennis Franz was unbelievable. Maybe one of the great performances in a in a in a television series yeah, yeah. that I've ever seen. What happened to him? Is he around? Is I don't know. He must be. Let's get him on. Let's get him on. What's he oh. been doing? Detective Andy Sipowitz.
1: Yeah, I missed it. I know oh. it was a good show. I just missed it. Missed everything in the God. 90s. Yeah.
0: Anyway, Ricky Schroeder, I think, was on that. And he was much more likable on NYPD Blue than he was with a camera in his hand. Yeah. Yeah. Taking on the yeah. Costco yeah. greet. Oh, was it his phone? I'm sure
1: yeah. it's his phone, yeah. yeah. Or I don't know. Who knows? Maybe right. it was a big movie set. But he's I'm done. He's become very divisive, so I don't know if you want to... Is it divisive or divisive? Well, I think it went to divisive. <laughs> My whole life it was divisive, and now all I hear is divisive. I think it
0: happened in the same memo that they went with the walk-off home run. Exactly right. When yeah. it changed somehow from a game-winning home run yeah. to a walk-off.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That
0: none now of us were Now you say consulted. game-winning, and you're... And you're laughed out of the room. You can't even say game-winning.
1: That's right. No one knows what you're talking about. Episode
0: 142, (laughs) Mitch Unfiltered. We start with a little Ricky Schroeder. Don't go, champ! Hotshot Scott is present with a new haircut. Yes, I do. Thank you for noticing. Spring seems to be turning to summer right in front of our own eyes. It's been a beautiful weekend. We record this on a Sunday night. It was a
1: beautiful day. 78 degrees. We're playing softball, Piper and I. By the way, I got to say. I've officially outgrown Uh-oh. holding. I used to hold like six or seven softballs in my mitt and throw our batting practice. You know, just easier yeah. to grab my.
2: Yeah,
1: I had to protect my face twice with my because you can't use your mitt when they're full of softballs. I had two come back at my you head. You don't
0: use a screen like I, I did with screen. Brett
1: today. Wait, you pull a screen? Where do you get a screen? Well, we go somewhere. We go to like a, a an indoor cage. Oh, I see. No, just yeah. we just outside of the park. We want to get some oh, sun. Oh yeah, yeah. You don't need yeah. those things coming no, back in the melon. Turn, when they turned,
0: when <laughs> they turned.
1: <laughs> we're officially at that age. That's no good. Officially at
0: that age? Yeah. She's 12. Care. Oh, she's officially at that age. Yeah. I, I don't care whether
1: we're 26 or 56. Right. I'm saying she's at the age st- When he starts pounding one back up the middle. You got no chance. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I found out no. the hard way. No. I took one off. I didn't even have time. I just took one off the right hand almost to my face. Yeah. Oh. So I'm I'm done. I'm done. I do one at a time now so I can at least use my right. glove to protect myself. Right.
0: Hey, hey, Hotshot, there's a thank you in order. Okay. Our Mayor 256 submitted a five-star rating oh, good. and customer review of our show on Apple Podcasts, which we ask all of you to do if you haven't done. It really helps us if you've ever listened to this show or you want to hear this show for many years to come, please uh, submit a, uh, a five-star rating and a customer review. Here's what our Mayor... Two fifty-six had to say about the show after giving us five stars. I feel like you're setting me up here, but go on. Great stuff! Exclamation mark. Here we go. I will continue to give you five stars all year long if <laughs> dot dot dot. God, here we go. You never do another story about urethras again.
1: <laughs> I'm kind of with him, but you know, you can't say you're kind of with him. It's your story. I did one. I don't think I'll do any more. But it's not my story. I didn't make the kid you do it. Felt,
0: you felt good about bringing the story well, into Unfiltered. Now, you can't say a week or two later yeah. that, yeah, I'm, I'm with the guy.
1: Well, no, I, no. I, I think I'm done. This is all you're doing. Well, You got us into this mess. Now get us out. <laughs> it was a PSA because the kid wanted to know where number one comes from. So this is a PSA to parents to just talk to your kids and communicate that. It's a PSA. Yeah. I put the it P in feel, PSA. It didn't feel like a
0: PSA <laughs> at the time. None of your stories feel like a PSA. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So urethras are now. Right next to Florida Man? Next to Florida Man stories, banned from Mitch Unfiltered. Okay. Except for the fact that one of our guests on this episode 142 is a Florida man telling his story.
1: So you're allowed to have Florida people on, but I can't talk about them. Hey. Hey. All right. You got to be one. Oh, is that right? You got to be one to be able to talk about it. You sound like you're not one. Now. <laughs> you got to, in order to be the best, you
0: got to beat the best. You got to be one. I'm a Florida man. Florida men can okay. talk about other Florida men.
1: Gotcha. Fair enough.
0: <laughs> it's time, ladies and gentlemen, to give more cash away uh, to Mitch Unfiltered listeners. Great. Another contest starting this week. Love it. Another major. Mm. You played the last one. I did. Yes. You played in the uh, Mitch's Masters Pool presented yep. by Fireside Home Solutions. Exact same pool. Begins this week with the PGA Championship, the second of the four major championships in the world of golf. I'm in. Same deal. Same Same exact thing. Same identical thing. You go to Mitch Unfiltered. there's a top banner, and it says the PGA Pool, presented by Fireside Home Solutions. You click on it, it takes you to the website, the Run My Pools website. Thank you very much, Run My Pools. Thank you very much, Bill Sanders. And it's the same thing. I didn't want to have to explain another set of rules. Yeah. You pick five guys that are going to play in this week's PGA Championship. Where is the PGA Championship
1: this week, Hot Shot Scott? It's at Sahali, (laughs) (laughs) just like nineteen (laughs) ninety eight. I don't know. (laughs) Where 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 are we going this week? I'll give you five choices. I don't even know if I can name five, but you are going to give me five choices. No, I'll give you
0: four. I'll give you four. Okay. Okay. Pebble Beach. No, I am not going to do this. This is not going to be good. Pebble Beach. Uh, It's not a Pebble Beach. It's a. I was going to give you four choices. No, I I know. I'm trying to guess. Well, it's at a place called Kiowa Island. Ever heard of Kiowa Island? In Hawaii? No, it's not no, on the I other haven't. side. <laughs> that would be South Carolina. It's on the okay. coast. Kiowa Island. They played a very famous, or as I like to say, infamous Ryder Cup there. They've played a PGA there before. Rory McIlroy won it many years ago okay. when the PGA. So the PGA is at Kiowa, and we've got the PGA Championship Pool presented by Fireside Home Solutions. Top prize: 500 bucks to the winner. Very simple. You go onto the website. If you've already played the master's pool, you're probably already registered to play. That's the you good news. You pick five guys, and I got to decide whether I'm going down the Dustin Johnson rabbit hole again. Okay. He <laughs> cost me last time. He's only the world's number one player. And again, the odds on favorite. Am I going to take the odds on favorite and then watch him? So the way it works is you pick five guys, and they all five
1: have to do what? Hot shots, Scott. They have to make the cut. got to make the cut. Yes. That would be uh, Thursday and Friday golf.
0: Yes. yes, they can't be. What do they can't be? Oh, doing? they can't be trunk trunk slamming on Friday slamming. night. No, we, right. we don't need that. You get five picks. If all five of your guys make the cut, you are in, and then from there it becomes the the person who picks the five that have the most dollars won. Yep, I think it's the most dollars won. I don't think it was. It's not the score. score. Yeah, was it dollars won or score? I can't remember. Either like Will Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: know. It's a good question. Kinda I, I kind of do. do actually. kind of do. <laughs> Unfortunately, I do, Yeah. Anyway,
0: <laughs> pick five guys. All five have to make the cut. Now, I know somebody's going to be yelling at their podcast or wherever they're listening. What happens if nobody in your pool, Mitch, picks five guys who make the cut? Yeah. Well, then we go to four. Gotcha. Isn't it funny how that happens? Yes, yes. It's called the uh, the PGA Championship Pool presented by Fireside Home Solutions. Cash to the winner and top 20 get prizes. Love it. Cash to the winner, top 20 Gets prizes. All you got to go to is uh, MitchUnfiltered.com. Across the top, the little banner that says PGA Pool. Click and you're in. Here's a question that somebody might want to ask.
1: Yes. Top 20 get prizes. What if I finish 17th? Obviously, I'm not going to get a prize. Do I count in the top 20 or is it the top 20 outside of You or I, if we finish in the top twenty, does that make sense?
0: No, I didn't catch that at all. You want to repeat and go slower?
1: Yeah, you said top twenty get prizes. Top twenty finishers in the standings get prizes. Let's say you finish. You're going to be in it, right? Yeah. Let's say you finish nineteenth. Yeah. Okay, so who gets prizes? One through eighteen, obviously. Yeah. You're nineteenth. You're not going to get a prize. No. Twentieth will get a prize. Yeah. But what about twenty-first? No. Okay. You got to finish in the top twenty. Okay, because he's the twentieth. He finishes in the top twenty as far as the listeners go. Right? He's in the top 20 as far as list. I'm just asking. No. Because it might come down to that. Top 20 in the pool. Okay. I'm just asking. I don't it, know if I you speaking and I count. Not, we're not taking. Do we I need have to 20 speak prizes to give away? Why no, give away 19? No,
0: I, I have a million prizes to give away. <laughs> I don't want to okay. give them away. Top million. Okay. <laughs> all right. I could give <laughs> a million just people a free month to, to Mitch Unfiltered Patreon.
1: I've done my share of radio contests. People always find something, there's okay. always drama. Okay. I just want to make sure we're good. First
0: all right? of all, I'm obviously going to finish in the top 20. <laughs> okay. Fine. Fair
1: enough. Who who am I to out to you i got
0: guests it. on this episode 142 now our first guest for people my age people my age or around my age will go whoa okay this guy was a huge star in the 1980s okay uh if you if you remember the 1980s in sports you know this name do you remember the 1980s in sports pretty well yeah okay Do you remember that the greatest track star going in the 1980s was a hurdler? Yes. And he decided to play in the NFL, quit his hurdling career, quit quit his track, give up Olympic opportunities and go play in the NFL. Do you
1: remember that happening? I'm thinking of a different hurdler, I think, then. I don't remember him quitting and going to the NFL. Okay. What hurdler are you talking about? Edwin Moses. Edwin Moses. Yeah. This guy was better. Really? Okay. I, I don't know. Maybe
0: not. Willie Galton. I think it was different. I think they were different um, events. Oh, no, maybe not.
1: Maybe. I don't know. Ronaldo oh, Nehemiah. Nehemiah. He actually played the NFL. Like, he made it. Like, he was. G- well, I'm just saying. <laughs> you said he quit to go try out. He could have not made it. That could have been the story. No, he didn't go to
0: try out. He signed a multi million yeah. dollar deal. Nehemiah, with I remember with, with Bill Walsh, hmm. who was enamored with him and thought. Look at this guy run the hurdles. Yeah. He's the first guy to ever run the hundred and ten meter hurdles in under thirteen seconds. He's the world record holder. Ooh. He's the number one hurdler for four years straight. That guy can play let's put eighty three on the back that guy and let Joe Mont- this is when Joe Montana and Roger Craig and yeah. they were a dying. Let's go get Ronaldo Nehemiah. So the story as the story goes. The 1980 Olympics. Do you remember the 1980 Olympics? Sort of. We boycotted. Jimmy Carter boycotted right. the 1980 okay. Summer Olympics. He w- he was gonna win all kinds of gold medals. Okay. He couldn't go. He got pissed. Why am I not being able to participate? I've been training all my life for this, and now I can't go win a gold uh, gold medals in hurdles in the 1980. Then 1984 was coming around in LA, yep. and he was like, "Bag it." In 82, Bill Walsh came and said, you want to play for the 49ers? I'll have, I've got a guy named Joe Montana. He'll throw passes to you. You can yeah. win Super Bowls. And he left track and field. Wow. He went and played for the 49ers. He caught some balls. He had a modest career. Yeah. He won a Super Bowl ring when they beat <clears throat>
3: uh,
1: yeah.
0: uh, 13 yeah. uh, in Miami. Yeah. Uh, he's got a Super Bowl ring, whatever. And then he got hurt, and he was, it was difficult for him to stay healthy. He decided to go back into hurdles. But by then it was difficult to do and he tore his Achilles and whatever ah, yeah. but i thought ronaldo he was do you remember you remember the sports illustrated the famous Sports Illustrated cover with Ronaldo Nehemiah jumping hurdles in a 49ers uniform with a football on his arm. No, I don't remember oh.
1: that. Oh. I got to look it up oh. now. Oh. <laughs> the best so thing ever. It was one of the
0: all-time covers. <laughs> nice. In I mean, he was, a, he was the big star. That was a huge story when he decided to do that. I figured let's track him down and talk DK Metcalf.
1: Track him down? Nice. There you I go. I did do that on purpose. <laughs>
0: Let's t- let's track him down yeah. and talk DK Metcalf. He's got a lot to say about DK Metcalf's attempt last week. Great to run, uh, you know, run against the world's fastest men and what that takes and what we don't understand. And was it easier to do go from DK? Is it easier to go from the NFL to track or mm. track to the NFL and all that stuff? And then we get into the conversation at the end about something. I hope you remember. Do you remember the Superstars
1: competition? Well, yeah, there was a bunch of
0: them, oh, right? Yeah, oh, the yeah. Superstars competition. Now, people. Don't know what the Superstars competition was. They actually got all the greatest athletes from every sport together in a competition that was made for TV.
1: Never seen it. No, you would never do it. So cool. It was cool.
0: It was the coolest. Swimming, tennis, golf. Closest to the war, maybe. No, no, that's Battle of (laughs) the. I'm sorry. He's That's on battle on a network store. Gabe Kaplan pulling his but, heart as there, he can. There was obstacle course. Yeah, there yeah. was swimming competition. Right. There were riding. He's a four. He's the only four-time champion. He was the the oh, best really? athlete. <laughs> yeah, he'll tell you that he won it the first three years that he that he competed, and then they wouldn't let him come of back. Of course, yeah. Mark Gastineau didn't like the fact
1: that he anyway. Mark Gastineau, love it. Yeah, they, imagine LeBron telling his agent now he's going to go do some contest with a, you know where the he's,
0: superstars competition. I can't
1: believe anyone's agents let them do that back then. That's incredible.
0: Oh, go back and watch some of the videos of yeah. the superstars competition. I'm talking about the who's who of every right. sport. Yeah. Hall of Famers, they showed up. <laughs> they got people to they actually They showed do up it. on ABC. Howard Cosell <laughs> called it and Love they had it. and you 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 had to be in like six or eight sports but you weren't allowed to be in your own sport. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah.
1: Oh, it was just Yeah, no, yeah. it was it was great for fans. Oh, it was really fun oh. to watch. So fun, yeah, yeah, so fun. Now that I think about it, maybe it was good for him because there was only three networks, and you get this free publicity. I don't know, maybe, maybe that was it. I'd be worried about injury personally. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. CBS NFL Insider Jason Lockenfora on on Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and Julio Jones and the NFL schedule being out and his early playoff picks. Who does he think will win the NFC West so early before even summer arrives? Jason for one of my favorite guests, CBS Insider, going back to the radio show days, is going to be with us on this episode 142. And a Florida man, I wasn't joking, a guy by the name of Brad Steckline. You wouldn't know who he is, but he's made national headlines. Everybody is talking about Brad Steckline. He was a teaching golf pro. I say was, in Fort Myers at, a, at one of these fancy clubs in a gated community, okay, okay. 15 years he was teaching. He had a lot of, lot of support from, you know, he's teaching all these, all the cockers, I don't know who he's teaching. <laughs> right. He got canned. Okay. And they didn't tell him why. They just called him in and they fired him. Okay. And I guess Florida is an at-will state, which means they can fire you for any reason and they don't have to tell you. Oh, bummer. And he got pissed, and he decided to do a hunger strike outside the gate of the community. <laughs> so he has been sitting there. Now, I think the hunger strike is over. Okay. But, but he, he, he longed long did, did he say how long? Okay. You got to listen. You, you gotta right. gotta listen. He decided, screw this. I'm going to make a statement, and I'm going to sit out in front
1: of the front gates, <laughs> oh, and I'm not going to eat. See, of all the protests I think I could do, <laughs> I'm more likely to dump gasoline on my head and light it on fire than I am to not eat. I don't know how people do it. There's no oh. way I could do it. That's a, that's crazy. Well, at least he got attention. Did he get his job? I guess we'll have to listen. We'll listen and find out what happened. You'll get the right, whole right, scoop
0: <laughs> from Florida man Brad Steckline on episode 142. Scott, allow me a few words about our sponsors like Zeke's Pizza, Uniquely Northwest, with the best craft beer selection you'll find anywhere. And by the way, you can have your favorite beer delivered to your door by downloading the Zeke's Pizza app now in Kenmore, coming Memorial Day weekend to Bellingham. That's 20 locations. Zeke's Pizza, homegrown in the Northwest. Last week, the Levy family plus girlfriends and nephews celebrated Mother's Day and Max's 19th birthday. Where else? Daniel's Broiler, of course. South Lake Union this time around. We had steaks and salads and popcorn, shrimp. It's always been the very best place to celebrate special occasions. Daniel's Broiler, world-class steakhouses. Our deck area remodel continues. Picked out a new outdoor fireplace from Fireside Home Solutions. John's team was here. Helped us plan a fantastic new look in the backyard. Start your search like we did. Fireside Home Solutions. HomeSolutions.com. Jordan Flowers, team of the Kirkland Office at Guild Mortgage. Continue saving unfiltered listeners lots of money on your monthly mortgage payments. Clients are pulling cash out for remodels or bills. It's as simple as a seven-minute call. 425-250-3150. Stop paying too much the Kirkland office of Gil Mortgage. an Evergreen Golf Call, tax advisors and certified financial planners, experienced portfolio managers working together to bring retirement, planning, taxes, and investments all under one roof. EvergreenGK.com. More than just a financial advisor, Evergreen is everything wealth. This is episode 142 with three unique guests, and it starts right now.
4: Unfiltered.
0: It just looks like a lot of winnable games in that in that last eight or nine. The problem that I have is in the first eight, even though there's some prime time and they're great at prime time, yeah. could they lose to Indianapolis? Sure they could. Yeah. I don't think they're losing at home to Tennessee. They could lose at Minnesota. They could lose at San Francisco. They certainly can lose at Pittsburgh. Unfiltered. I think he's one of the top 30 or 40 prospects in all of Major League Baseball. Now you throw at me that he's going to be on the mound for the Mariners. So in between Jared Koenig 90-second at-bats, I I get to watch Logan Gilbert throw. Now,
4: now, now. Oh! Mitch is unfiltered.
0: Episode 142 is underway. If one show per week, Hotshot Scott, is not enough, go to MitchUnfiltered.com Become a patron. Yep. Five bucks a month is all it costs you. You'll get the bonus shows. We release a peace show on Thursday mornings. And I have to say, and Scott did a fun profile show on Michael McDonald that I haven't heard yet. But I have to say that we were talking about on the last peace show, Apple CarPlay.
1: Yes, that turned into a whole thing on Twitter, <laughs> didn't it? <laughs> One guy said, Mitch, this might be out of your league. You might want to stand down or something to that effect. Like, this Apple might be too much CarPlay,
0: for you. listening to Mitch Unfiltered yeah. on Apple CarPlay. Tell me how you love it now. Well, I, I thought that your tweet was hysterical. I got into my car the day after we released episode, what would it have been, 141P, and we were talking about Apple CarPlay. And yeah. you're like, come on, you got Apple CarPlay. So, and I, said, I
1: Bluetooth is very 2016. You got to get into Apple CarPlay. Now.
0: Well, I, I'm into Apple CarPlay. I just don't know how to use it because okay. every time I plug my phone, something pops on my screen that says Apple CarPlay. <laughs> yes, that would be it. And so I was noticing <laughs> that when I got, I, I went to play golf the other day and I got into my car in the garage of my house, And I popped the the plug into my phone, and I was stunned it actually said the name of the golf club and how long it was going to take (laughs) me like it knew I was going there. Yeah, it does. I was like, well, hold on a second. And this actually speaks to a larger issue. I don't know if you want to discuss it on this show or do another show about it. But my wife wife is convinced that Alexa downstairs is hearing conversation, family... You're shaking your head. Well, I watched the documentary. Family conversation. So every time I go to use Alexa, it doesn't work. Why? Because my, my wife has pulled... She pulls the plug out. She will yeah. not let Alexa stay plugged in while we're not using it. Because uh, she's convinced that something's going on here. There's a greater force.
1: I watched a documentary where this professor in college was teaching a class about data, you know, your personal data on the web and all that. Yeah. He said, raise your hand if you ever thought that there was an ad or something popped up that was too much of a coincidence, something you were maybe interested in. She has a list of things Everybody that happened. Everybody in the class raised their hand. It she, happens yeah, to everyone. She, if you had her on the
0: show right now, she would go down a list of crazy yeah. things. Oh, She's yeah. like, this is not a coincidence. Yeah.
1: That thing is recording and, and, and feeding... And I'm like, how can that be? Come on, that's an invasion of privacy. It's, it's bigger than that, though. This guy claims that everyone has 5,000 data points on them at all times for these companies who want your data. So if you if you like something on Facebook, that goes into account. Where you swipe your debit card at a coffee place, that goes in. Wow. Everyone has 5,000 data points or maybe more. Right, crazy. So now there's a big thing about is your data, can people sell it or so, should it be private? So
0: do you believe that Alexa is, is recording us or... Somebody is hearing our con- our family conversations if it's plugged in. Do if you, I you agree with if, that, if I heard it was happening,
1: that? I wouldn't be shocked.
0: All right. So I get in the car the other day after we have the Apple CarPlay conversation, <laughs> yeah. and the damn thing says the name of the club <laughs> and how long it's going to take me. And I'm like, hold on a second, yeah. I never told you that I was going. Never- I'm Scary. talking to the car. How does it know where I'm going? Yeah. So I tweet this out. Uh-huh. I tweet, I like. Okay, this is too freaky. It knows where I'm going. Right. And you tweet something like, yeah, mine does that too. It always, the teriyaki place always pops up. It's <laughs> true. Two minutes to Happy at the Bay teriyaki. <laughs> not
1: a good sign. Not that, a good sign. That, that tweet made my day. The teriyaki place yeah, always pops up. Not a good sign. Out of Safeway. God, I must go there a lot. <laughs> well, it shows you don't really leave the house much unless you go golfing, I think. I do I, I, I go lots you go of places. places. Yeah, all right. Yeah, then it tells you how exactly how long. I, I know, it's crazy. Did it see what I was wearing? Oh, yeah, it had your favorite beers waiting for you at the golf club. Yeah, it knows everything. It must know. Yeah. Oh. I know. It's it's a yeah. weird time that we're living in, for anyway, sure. you can become a Mitch Unfiltered patron uh,
0: for the extra show. We do fun extra shows. Yep. On Thursday, the P Show comes out. Three guests and lots of fun and lots of discussion like Apple CarPlay and everything else. If you want to become a patron of $5 a month, uh, go to MitchUnfiltered.com. And I as, I as I tell you every week now, uh, Patreon wants me to remind you: if you rather not have your card swiped every fi- every month for five bucks, you can become a member for a year and pay fifty-five out of sixty dollars instead of sixty dollars. Fifty-five dollars, and it's one swipe for the year. Go ahead. One lump what do you sum. got over there?
1: You got something? Well, Buy eleven months, get one month free. <laughs> Coincidentally, the 1984 Olympics you talked about earlier. Tuesdays is Sundays at Carvel. You don't know about that? I don't know. You about
0: don't know, know Carvel. No,
1: that's an East people Coast he- ice cream oh, thing. Yeah. Oh, you Carvel. People, yeah.
0: You just don't know yeah. out here. You guys have your, your head in the clouds out here. Did you Carvel have the, the Cookie Puss? Yes. Yeah. That's the guy. Cookie Puss. <laughs> the guy who used to. <laughs> okay, gotcha. He you. was horse. The guy who used to do the VOs. <laughs> Tuesdays or Sundays at Carvel.
1: <laughs> Why him? Maybe it was Mr. Was Carvel? T- I don't know.
0: Yeah I, think, yeah, I think it was Tom Carvel, actually.
1: It's not a good sign if you eat their ice cream and your voice sounds like that. I don't know if that's really a good Hi, I'm Tom
0: Carvel. Tuesdays and Sundays at Carvel.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, we didn't have that. I don't know Carvel. We don't have time to make the donuts. We don't have the donuts guy. I
0: would say Carvel is kind of a... Baskin-Robbins? Yeah, I was going to say Dairy Queen, but they don't do like burgers in it. And it's ice
4: cream. Just ice
0: I cream. I learned how to eat soft ice cream. Do you like soft serve ice cream? Or you, uh, you, you know the difference, right? Yeah, like yeah. the yeah that comes out of the yeah you know, the swirl thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before McDonald's ever did it or anything like that. Okay. I as a kid, that's where I learned to eat. That's the first time I had ever had soft served ice cream. Delicious. You it, you know, Love it. With sprinkles, chocolate, vanilla ice cream with chocolate sprinkles,
5: fantastic.
0: <laughs>
1: sprinkles, Tom Carvel. Sprinkles don't do Sorry, much for me. Sorry, I, I sabotage it. Go I ahead. I completely forgot what I was going to talk yeah, about. No, you haven't. You, no, come on, you can remember. I did actually forget. What I was going to say. I had something to say.
0: Come on. You got something to say.
1: Uh, no, nah, I don't know. I, I, I totally <laughs> forgot Oh, the 1984 Olympics. Okay. Coincidentally. Yes, LA. The, the person that I'm doing the next patron music show on performed yeah. at the closing ceremonies. So now lots of people would be able to get it. I already had two people figure out who it was. I don't even know what I said about the next oh. artist. Two people reached out and they know who it is. See,
0: these games, I'm not good with this stump the band genre. stuff?
1: No, Olympics I'm
0: good, but like musical. Oh, Yeah. Stump, hey Charlie and Charlie and Puyallup stumped the band. Music <laughs> trivia. I would like put my headsets down and go get a go get a diet soda I, I'd, I'd let Mike Gastineau do that. I one. would wave you guys off. I got it. I got the it. LA. For music trivia, yeah, yeah. I feel it. Like, well, so good so dude. your next your next spotlight podcast yep. is gonna be a male or a female. It's a male. That performed in the closing ceremonies of the nineteen eighty four Olympics Summer Olympics in LA.
1: Yes, that is correct. In 1985, January 28th, he had arguably the busiest night a person's ever had. Can I just run this by you really quick? Yeah, sure. In 1985, sure, sure, sure. he hosted a show called the American Richard Music Gould's Awards. not going to be happy about this. No, he's going to hate it. He hosted the American Music Awards. Yeah. Okay, he hosted. That was a three-hour show. It's a bit, he performed at it twice. 1985.
0: So he's in his prime in 1985. Right there in his prime.
1: He walked away with six American Music Awards that night while hosting it. And perform can you twice. give me a? Can you give me a, a musical genre? He's pop. He's just pop music. Is he alive today? He is. I was gonna say Luther Vandross. He's Ross. on TV too. He's on TV on a show. Really? Yes. Not as an actor, as a judge. Everyone knows it, but you right now. Okay. okay but listen. Okay. So after the American Music Awards is Sorry. over, he, he couldn't be busier, right? I mean, think yeah. about hosting. He then goes Simon S- Cowell. It's not Simon <laughs> Cowell. That'd be a short show. <laughs> He then goes. We need to, a couple short ones. He, true. <laughs> he, he goes to A and Studios in Hollywood because he has to then record "We Are the World." Oh, oh! Now, now you're getting into my wheelhouse. That show wraps at eight. That session wraps at eight a.m. That, that's when the song is complete. At 8 a.m. is when they rap. You imagine that I'm that of, oh, night.
0: There's so many. What was Dan Aykroyd doing no, in We still Are Still unclear.
1: <laughs> no one knows. I,
0: no clue. I'm trying to think who was on that. So you had Michael Jackson and you had Stevie Wonder and you had Bruce uh, Springsteen
1: and you had. He's the first voice heard on We Are The World. And what are the, what's the line? There comes a time. Dylan? When we, I'm sounding like Dylan. I'm not meaning to. When we need a helping no, hand. No, when we need a certain call. When we need a certain yeah. call. That's that's him.
0: And there comes a the time.
1: Yeah. And a need a certain yep. call. Yep.
0: And, uh, 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 yep. Really?
1: It's Not Dylan. It's not Bob Dylan. No. It's Tom Petty. It's not Tom Petty. He was not there. He's not there. Nope. Prince wasn't there. Nope. <sighs> All right, well, I'll you'll come have to wait and listen. Let me just think about it. For okay. Her. Let me go. think about it for a shot. By the way, I think you'll like this one the best because he's like the love song master.
0: When you need a helping hand. A certain, not Dion Warwick.
1: No. She not. was there,
0: wasn't she? No. Yeah, I think she, she was been
2: there.
1: there,
0: yes. Okay. There you go. Hey, Mitch, enjoy the interview with Maddie on episode 141, which you set up, by the way. She was great. But now I need to hear from the man or woman who leased a 19-year-old apart, uh, uh, who leased a 19-year-old an apartment
1: without telling her that it's a senior citizen complex. I can answer that, and she kind of did too, I think.
0: How in the world could they do that to a young woman moving her life? That seems unusually cruel, even if she is happy now. Keep up the non-sports interviews; they're fun. Colin in Salt Lake City, Utah, oh, nice. wants to hear from the man or woman who leased a senior citizen apartment to a 19 year old.
1: What I read is that in the law, they're not allowed to discriminate by age, even though it attracts seniors for the most, you can call it a, se- yeah. but they're not allowed to say, well, this is for seniors. That's discrimination apparently. Oh, So they're not allowed to say those words to her. Can't they wink? Anyone can move in who wants, because now if you say no, it's for seniors only, now you're discriminating. That's what happened. That, that's what I read in one of the stories. Oh. So there's some, you know, you got to be careful. You got to be careful out there. You can't tell her she can't live here.
0: (laughs) Brian from Mill Creek. Friend of mine introduced me to your podcast, Hot Shots. Great. It rocks, he writes. I love it. I even became a patron. Best five bucks I've ever spent. When my grandpa asked me what I was listening to, I told him and he said that he used to listen to you on the
1: radio a million years ago. (laughs) Of course he did. Grandpa, <laughs> I
0: thought that was cool, and asked if it was a good show, Uh-oh. and he answered, "Not particularly."
1: <laughs> God.
0: And then he admitted you banned him when he called in for a contest.
1: Oh, well, writes Brian, banned from Mitch in the Morning. Yeah. Oh God. Grandpas used to love us, or used to love you, uh, but you were probably the hot new brash guy in town, uh, and he was a little older, and you know. At least we have a new listener. Maybe grandpa can come back around.
0: You know, I, 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 I open these emails and I read the first line and I read that Brian in Mill Creek thinks our show rocks and that he's become a patron and he's going ahead with the $5 a month to get the extra shows and I'm feeling good. Yeah. Why can't I just stop right there? Yeah. You don't realize with a line like, when my grandpa asked me what I was listening to, I told him and he said that he used to listen to you on the radio a million years ago. You don't know the kind of therapy (laughs) bills that does. You don't
1: understand. Yeah, I know. I don't think you get it. It hurts a little bit. Hurts. Yeah, it stinks. I'm with you. It is funny how they, they come out with a compliment to get your attention, and they kind of come in with a, uh, that, I don't, I don't think he was doing not, that, though. I don't think he was doing Maybe not, but, you know, I, I got a compliment on the... Not on, particularly. On the, <laughs> on, the, on the last Michael McDonald thing I did. Uh, I thought it was really good. You know, thank you, good yeah, content. It could be shorter. It was a little long <laughs> for me. I was like... <laughs> either you liked it or you didn't if it really. was
0: good then you wanted it to go longer that's, right that's what i think that's the math i was it doing it was really but... good you do such a great job on that they're a little long yeah,
1: less of the thing i like please I mean, jesus you can't win brian
0: grimsley writes mitch i remember seven years ago when russell westbrook averaged a triple double for the first time you were rather impressed and i remember that i was very impressed do you realize that he's done it four times now? It's pretty incredible. Thought it might be interesting to hear your take about it on the show now. Really enjoy the podcast format. F
1: the non-sports whiners. Thanks, Brian Grimsley. I did see a stat today that, was that Robin Lopez is the all-time leader in triple doubles with 138. And look, I don't follow the NBA like I used to. It was a mistake graphic that popped up that was going I, I, I would, around Twitter. I say so. <laughs> Look,
0: I don't follow it like the I The only thing that Robin Lopez has done <laughs> that nobody else has done yeah. is uh, Michelle Wee. <laughs> oh,
1: okay, gotcha. I, I remember that oh. stiff at Stanford. There's no way he's the all-time no. leader in triple-doubles. No. So. In <laughs> fact, the all-time leader,
0: to go along with this email, is now, you know, Russell Westbrook, you know this. Yeah, yeah. He passed Oscar Robertson as the, the man with more triple-doubles. And I, I was, I'm always a little curious about people's reactions Action to him he's just not a popular likable player
1: yeah it's weird for isn't it?
0: whatever reason and so i i really do think the fact that he averages a triple double every year is amazing it is double digit points rebounds and assists average yeah every single game it's crazy it's crazy and i do think he would be more revered if he was just a little more likable and i can't even tell you why he's not likable yeah he just seems angry but the thing about it is he played. I mean, I don't know how how often you watch an NBA game. I I'll watch an NBA game. He'll be on the screen every once in a while, and when you watch him play, it's unlike watching anybody else play. I'm oh, not saying he's the best player. In I know the what NBA. you're saying. Yeah, he plays with a ferocity. Yeah, with a with a what's the word? An energy with a with a.
1: Uh, 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 I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know the the word I'm looking for. Did you think he would be that good at UCLA? You probably remember him a little bit because he played yeah, against the Huskies. but he played like real quick. He was there there and out, wasn't he? One year and out. Yeah, or two I don't know. Out. But I remember watching him, thinking, Nah, you're not gonna do much in the NBA. And look at him. He's like one of the best players. of the, He yeah. plays the game with a. There's a real aggression, With a, aggressiveness, with yeah. a
0: ferociousness.
1: Attacks the rim. Oh, yeah. when he
0: attacked, and when he attacks the rim, it's like, don't be in my way. Yep. So yeah, I think. Yeah, I think on some level he's underrated. Now there's the whole Sonics thing and whatever. But the other part of it is, you know, I, I don't wanna poo poo what he's done because it's incredible. I think it I think the assists rule now, the the official scoring on assists is probably much different than it was when Oscar Robertson was getting was getting triple doubles. I mean, everybody, they give out assists like candy on Halloween now. Oh, they do. Okay. Oh, my God. If I throw a ball to a guy at half court, and he takes 26 dribbles, thinks about shooting, thinks about passing, and then shoots and scores. I get an assist. Oh, okay. It's I didn't very, know that. oh, assists are very, they <laughs> okay. hand out assists. Uh, I don't know when that changed, but they do. But still, and, and his teams have never really won anything. Yeah.
1: That's the other thing. All too. these triple
0: doubles haven't meant like NBA champ. I don't even think he's ever played in the NBA finals
1: or anything like that. So, maybe once in the NBA, with Durant finals? maybe for Oklahoma yeah, City, maybe. maybe I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, but I know maybe. what you're saying. I yeah. mean, Jordan, if you wanted to, if you said Jordan, forget about the rings, you'll get $2 you get million dollars doubles. if you get. He could do it, right? But you
0: would think that a guy going out and saying, "All right, I'm going to get triple doubles. I'm not worried about rings. I'm going to get that." That would help your team get rings. One guy going and <laughs> <I guess>. rebounding <laughs> yeah, and assist, and passing the yeah. ball and getting teammates involved and scoring. I mean, yeah. what more do you want from a guy?
1: <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I guess. You,
0: you can't call it. Selfish, can you? Not when you're a averaging go- 10
1: assists a game. Yeah, I guess you can't.
0: Yeah. I think he just went through a stretch where he had 15 assists in like five straight games. 15 or more Jeez. assists in five straight games. Something like that. Anyway, uh, there's, there's that. Uh, Brian Grimsley wanted us to talk. So there, we talked about it.
1: I look forward to rooting it. for him if they have the Summer Olympics. That's like every four years I get to root for these players. They're all on my team. I love it.
0: Yeah, I don't really care about I, NBA I know, you know, All-Stars on the Olympics. Really? Yeah. I, I still love it. I, I never liked when they did that. You didn't? No, I'm more of a college guy. I know that we get our asses kicked, and everybody, everybody else is putting their professionals out there. Okay.
1: Yeah. So let's go back I, to 1988 for a second. Yes. When, when they got the bronze, I think, with Danny Manning and that whole yeah. Dan Marley, cockamamie I, I team. I don't
0: really care all that much. Well, what, you're, you're not a patriot what, like I am. I don't, no, no. What I'm saying is I don't care what, what medal they get or if they medal. Oh, because I do. because if they get the bronze and everybody else is playing their pros and we're playing our college all yeah. the, I just love seeing college all Americans play together I I just say okay all right fine you guys beat us you got the gold we're sending our college guys out there yep. you're playing your pros it didn't it's end not there. a big
1: deal no no that, that wasn't how the rest of the world looked at it. Ah, oh, of course. The rest of the world said, "Oh, we're catching up to the US in basketball now." But they
0: weren't. We all
1: knew. Oh, they didn't. We I kept just, hearing that.
0: We threw Michael Jordan, Larry Bird and uh, <laughs> Isaiah didn't
1: make the team. <laughs> no, he sure did not. Magic Johnson, Adam and how and how did that go? Yeah,
2: not, see, not well.
1: See, to me, they should have the just team. stopped right there. Just to just to prove a point. Okay. And by the way, Bird and Magic were done. They were at the end of their careers. It of wasn't co- even of course, like 26-year-old of course, Bird and Magic. Of
0: course. That's what they should have done with people talking shit. Because yep. 88, went 88, we should have just sent the Dream Team, beaten everybody by a million, yeah. and then gone back to our college team and say, shut the fuck Yeah, shut exactly. Up. Shut up, that's, okay? That I can live with. And, yeah. then, and then we should have been doing, uh, uh, but I know that other people would say, no, we got to send our All-Star Team. Yeah. I don't know. I, lo- I I love the idea of college All-Americans playing in the... Hmm. I, I'm, a, I'm probably the only one on earth, so we'll move along. Yes. Anyway, Jerry, hey, on episode 141, there was oh, a little yeah. fellow over here who said <laughs> to you, I guarantee... What did he say? I guarantee by the time we are recording episode 142, s- one, somebody was going to be up on the Seattle Mariners. Somebody was going to be promoted. Yeah, I yeah. said, oh, wait... And it, was he?
1: Yes. Okay, I got one right. Yeah, but no, we discussed What's it on it? last episode. On the yeah, episode. that was Pete, but the people aren't... <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha, all right. <laughs> you. Yes, you were right. And has he I transformed the, the fate of the Mariners so far? <laughs> it looks like he's fitting in nicely. He's hitting 167. Ugh, that leads the team in batting. <laughs> I, I actually watched the game Thursday. You did. Did you watch the game Friday? Well, listen. Uh, Thursday, I had Mario Kart we on... We had Logan Gilbert, and I we had out.
0: Jared Kelnick, and it didn't go swell for either one of them. I had Mario on Kart Thursday. on the big
1: TV. Yeah. I was listening to John Oliver's show on headphones while I play Mario Kart, and I had the Mariner game on an iPad. So I had three screens going, and when it was 4 nothing, I had to, I had to bail. I had to bail. I, still, I tried. You're still playing video games? I, well, when they're out of the house, I do. Yes. You
0: play video games. Yes. You're 65 years old. <laughs> yeah. Well, Isn't it I grew enough up with them. It? I mean, what do you want? You still ball? I golf. grew up with Pong. I don't play video games. You weren't really a gamer. I grew up with it.
1: Never. Yeah. See, I was a gamer. I love video games. I don't play it that much. Just Mario Kart. I, I think
0: my whole life changed when my father said those famous words to me when I wanted Pong from Sears. Yeah. He said, look, I'm going to get you Pong. I'll get you Pong for Hanukkah or something. Okay. But don't be asking for the next best thing. Whenever the next thing comes out, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> to this day. This is it.
1: You haven't got the next best thing.
0: <laughs> well, you really listen this to your is parents. It. <laughs> this is it, Mitchell. You want Pong? Or we can wait. I'll bet you there's other things around the corner oh, he was... <laughs> that
1: are bigger and better. Who but knew? But if you want
0: Pong, like, yeah, <laughs> what could be better than Pong? That's exactly right.
1: What could be better? See, he wasn't dumb. He knew. That was probably the worst console <laughs> in the history of consoles, and you couldn't wait. You had to have it. Had to have it. If you'd have waited like two more years or had something. Had to have it. Have it. Have and an I tell the story.
0: I actually vividly remember the first night that I got it. We put it in the study. He didn't want it anywhere near the family room TV or anything like that. So they put it in his study. He never went to his study. His study yeah. on the study TV, and I played it until it was my bedtime, and then I went to sleep, and I woke up the next week. This is a true story, and I remember- I must have been... 12, 10, 11, whatever it was. Okay. I woke up the next morning on my bed, sleeping with my head on the mattress. There was no pillows in my bed when I woke up. Okay, And I was a sleepwalker. Oh. I was known to be a sleepwalker. In fact, there's, a, there's actually a funny story about me getting in my brother's bed in New York. I've told that story. Yeah, He's yeah. Like, Is this some sort of a sick joke? He looked at me in the yeah. eye. There were, there, my pillows were all at the Pong console wow. in the study the first night. My, it was so. It, it, it was so penetrating. It, yeah, it yeah. took over my whole core, sure, and yeah. I wonder how it, this stuff happens. But <laughs> it took over my whole soul. I must have just. I, I got up and I must have taken my pillows and left them at the. At the I had no pillows. You before. loved it. You loved it that much. I love the doubles. Do you
1: remember the doubles? <sighs> it's a little before okay, my Okay. Do time. you know pong or yeah, not? It's the two things on that and the ball Boop. bounces back and forth. Right. Boop. So what's double? Boop. Is it in, in back and of it? You had or or next rollers. To it? Your
0: controllers were rollers. Yeah, all yeah. it was, it was a wheel. Yeah, yeah. And you moved them up and down, and you played tennis yeah, essentially, yeah. right? Right. Well, there was a setting on there. It wasn't just singles. You could make it doubles, and then you had the two guys. There was two on each side, and then the two guys at the
1: net would go. Boop, 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 boop. You know, they all right, go, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'd go back and forth really fast. Unbelievable. I actually had a call with a guy who works at uh, a big tech company. Yeah. And he, he's, <laughs> he asked me. He asked me my thoughts on a yeah. on an Excel esports competition. A what? Excel. You know, the, the program Excel? Yeah, I use it all the time. Right. But an eSports competition of who can, like, who can do it the fastest and the most accurate. Oh, geez. Hugh Millen. How about, well, he's there you go. Superstar. See? He's there. A, I don't know that he goes fast, but he's
0: an Excel <laughs> suit. He can, he can make that thing, that, that thing makes mac and cheese when he tells it to. <laughs> He might
1: be the next Excel eSports yes. champion.
0: So Jared Kelnick is up. He had a great game on Friday. An unbelievable game on Friday. But as of, as of the recording of this episode, I think he was hitless in Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday.
1: Sunday. Yeah, I just looked.
0: And Logan Gilbert uh, didn't do so great, but he'll get another shot
1: here in a couple of days. Yeah. And no one thought um, he was going to transform I want credit the Mariners. For I was just joking around. No one thought. Jer- Everybody thought. Oh, <laughs> did they? He was going to. It's early. It's early yet. It's early yet. <laughs> okay. It's
0: earlier. <laughs> rookie mini camps across the NFL. Did you hear what happened in Atlanta? All the rookie minicamps this weekend. We had uh, we had the Seahawks and all their first other three draft yes. choices. Trey Brown, is that one of them? Yeah, but did you hear what happened in Atlanta? No. The name John Tarius Bryant. Okay. John Terrius Bryant was an undrafted defensive back out of Austin P. And you know what you know what they chant at Austin P. No. Let's go, P. Let's go, P. <laughs> nice. Okay, there you go. He was an undrafted defensive back from Austin Peay University hotshot. Okay. And just before the Atlanta Falcons, he's from Nashville, Tennessee. He lives in Nashville, Tennessee. I love Nashville. Just before the Atlanta Falcons started their mini camp, he got a text from the defensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons. Okay. Asking him if he'd like to come and try out for the team during mini camps. So I don't know if he got in a car and drove from Nashville to Atlanta or got in a, in a plane, got all his stuff together, So here we go. Defensive back, he was an all-conference player okay. at Austin P. He got to the front of the line, or f- he got to Flowery Branch, Georgia, All right. home of the Falcons, and he got to the front desk, and the lady said, can I help you? And she said, I'm here to try out. And it turns out somebody pretended they were the defensive coordinator and sent him oh. a text from a
1: 404 area code. See, I can't even laugh at that. It's horrible. It's awful. I mean, who— that's awful.
0: Is that a terrible? Story? Now the Falcons should hear
1: this story. Now they know the story, but she should- was there. He was at the he was at the front desk. Yeah, but he didn't he didn't get a tryout. No,
0: because the defensive coordinator never texted him. It was I'm some dude with a four oh four area. Code I'm expo- saying,
1: now give the guy a tryout. Make come on. He so deserves it now. Bring him He's, back. Just bring him back exactly. to the back and let him run around a little bit. What could it hurt? Poor guy. Isn't that terrible? We need to find that person. I mean, who has it in him to do that? I need to find who? The guy The, the- guy who sent the text or the woman who sent oh, the text. That's who, awful. Who has it in him to, to just that's mess just with someone's e- life? That's
0: an evil person. Evil. They got evil. him to go from Nashville oh. to Atlanta to, to go for a tryout. He's, He's got all butterflies
1: for like 24 hours oh. straight, you know, loving it. Can't, look at me. I'm going to get a tryout.
0: That's almost worse than a guy faking out his wife, telling her, you know, putting the right lottery tickets. Yeah, in see, it.
1: that's <laughs> awful too. That's, I have trouble laughing at people. Yeah, that, that's a tough one. The reason I brought up Trey Brown is because he, he sent a yeah, funny well, uh, a tweet out. Yeah. He said, Seattle reminds me of the desert. Somebody lied to me. Because he's been here for a couple of weeks and it's been nothing but sunny the whole time. (laughs) I know, exactly. Stop stop tweeting that out. Occasionally it's nice, all right? (laughs) Let's see if I have anything else for
0: for segment one before our three interviews, including a Florida man. Um, Mm -hmm. And Ronaldo Skeets Nehemiah will be uh, guest number one. Let's see here. Steph Curry won the scoring title at age 33. That's a pretty good accomplishment. That is, yeah. He beat out Bradley Beal with his 46-point performance on Sunday. Oh, the Hall of Fame. Let's finish up segment one with the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame. Indu- so the Hall of Fame both inducted the class of 2020. I guess that was delayed because of COVID. Yep. This weekend, they inducted the, uh, the class of 2020, and they announced who was going to be in the class of 2021. Yep. So who got inducted? Five-time NBA champion Kobe Bryant, his wife gave the speech. Michael uh, Michael Jordan was right there and presented her. It was a very touching moment.
1: I he know was from 2020 it. though, right? It's 2020. Yeah, 2020. It happened
0: yeah. over the weekend. Did you see the speech
1: that I Vanessa didn't. Bryant gave? Oh, yeah. And Michael's on stage. Oh. And yeah, yeah. It was touching. Oh. Yeah, not a dry eye in the house, oh. as they say. Yeah.
0: Five-time NBA champion Tim Duncan, 15-time NBA All-Star Kevin Garnett, four-time Olympic gold medalist Tamika Catchings. Coach Kim Mulkey, Coach Barbara Stevens, Coach Eddie Sutton, Coach Rudy Tomjanovich. Yes. They all went in. Now, here's the class of 2021 that was announced that will go in. Paul Pierce, we're getting old. Chris Bosh, Chris <laughs> Weber, Rick Adelman. Bill Russell is going. finally getting into the Hall of Fame well, as a coach. Yeah, as a coach, yes. Jay Wright of Villanova, Lauren Jackson. Whatever happened to Lauren Jackson? Oh, yeah.
1: Whatever what? happened to her? I, mean, I know she was always hurt, but yes. what what happened? I think she just she's in Australia, just hanging out. Yeah, I mean, I think she won a couple for the storm, right? I mean, they at yeah, least won yeah. one. Oh, yeah, she
0: was like the MVP, like the two yeah. t- What happened just, to her? You know, just like when You just get old and you get hurt and you can't stay healthy. Yolanda and- Griffith also in, but here's the <laughs> one that I just wanted to point out that I think is an interesting new member or will be a new member of the NBA Hall of Fame. I okay. don't know if anybody finds this interesting to me. He's got to be the answer. He's got to be the lifelong forever answer to a trivia question. All right. Ben Wallace. Do you remember Ben Wallace the player? Big, bulky, right? Like good rebounder. Incredible rebounder. Yeah, yeah, 10,482. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 10,482 rebounders and a very, uh, rebounds and a very good defensive player. Ben Wallace in his Hall of Fame NBA career averaged five points per game. <laughs> Nice. Now, yeah. I, I'm not suggesting that Ben Wallace should not be in the Hall of Fame. Yep. If Ben Wallace's you know, distant cousins are listening to this yes. right now, I, I'm not poo-pooing Ben Wallace, but come on. Is there any player in NBA history or in the Hall of Fame from the NBA player, will there ever be a player in the NBA Hall of Fame that averaged less than five points per game? Five! He only averaged five more than
1: you did. That's right. In your entire <laughs> NBA career. Is Dennis Rodman in the Hall of Fame? Oh, I don't, I don't know that he's in. He should be. But he again, had to average more than five. More than five. It might be close. <laughs> now I gotta look up. We can look it up. <laughs> let's see what Dennis. Before the loves. other stuff segment,
0: go ahead. Look it up. Medina spirit races, but doesn't win. Bob Baffert says, "I've never seen that in my life." <laughs> uh, now I don't know. Dennis Rodman must be in the
1: Hall of Fame. No, I don't know for sure. But let's. Look I don't up. know that.
0: I don't know the answer to that question, and I'd like to know how many points per game Dennis Rodman right. averaged. Wallace hasn't career.
1: beat. Well, yeah. as far as our low, as far as being low goes, oh. Rodman averaged seven point three. Yeah. So,
0: see that's that's almost double.
1: <laughs> that's, that's right,
0: one hundred and fifty percent.
1: Yes,
5: uh, so I don't yeah, know. Whether you might Robin be right. I don't know if five, anyone. Knows. How do you,
0: how do you get in the Hall of Fame with five points so per game? Rodman must my be only a hell of guess. a rebounder. Yeah, I terrible. thought for by the way, I thought okay if Ben Wallace is getting the NBA Hall of Fame or Basketball Hall of Fame, averaging five points per game in his career, then he must be one of the top rebounders in the history of the NBA. And I learned, I, I called up today, the 25 the twenty-five men with the most rebounds in NBA history. And Ben Wallace has 10,482. Number 25 on the list is Patrick. Patrick Ewing. Yes. Um, he's got 11,607. So... He's not in the top 20. Would you like to play a little game?
1: Oh, are we going to? Oh, yeah, I would actually. How
0: many of the top 10? Oh, top 10. How many of the top 10 rebounders in NBA history can you name? You should be able to rattle off four or five without in your sleep while I'm playing Pong. I'm going Kareem. Kareem first. Kareem would be number three, 17,440. Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley is not in the top 10. Sorry. Wilt Chamberlain.
1: Let me see where Charles Barkley is. He's 19th. Okay. Wilt Chamberlain, top 10.
0: Number one, 23,924. Bill Russell. 21,620. Number two, Stump the Band. Kareem Abdul Jabbar, number three. Carl Malone. out, man. Carl Malone. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes, top he 10? is. Number seven, 14,968.
1: I'm hot. Hakeem Olajuwon. Did he play long enough? I think the H was silent. I think it's Akeem, but right. he was 14th. Ah. Sorry. And everyone else I've heard of on that list? Dennis Rodman. Oh, he's got to be up there.
0: Dennis Rodman is number 23. Really? I yeah, thought he would be so much higher. So sorry. Boy. Come on. Rebounders. Really? A couple Larry he Bird. Go. He didn't play long Larry enough. Larry Bird. No, he was a good rebounder. Oh, oh. Larry Bird's not one of the top 25 <sighs> rebounders in NFL. Oh, come on. How about the Big E? Do you know who that is? No. Elvin Hayes. Oh, Elvin Hayes,
1: yeah. How about
0: the, f- guy, that mention, the guy that I thought you'd mention? The guy that I thought you'd mentioned right out of the gate. Moses. Oh, yeah, Malone sure. Malone was a great. Re- he Tim used to Duncan. the Tim Duncan. T- yeah, Miss on Purpose. <laughs> yes. Tim Duncan. <laughs> yeah. Robert Parrish, the chief. Kevin Garnett. You don't know these guys? I'm surprised by Come Parrish. You've got to
1: brush up to be on Mitch Unfiltered. Yeah, I guess so. For some reason, Tim Duncan and I, I don't know, I've always had this weird love hate with him. Because people call him the best power forward ever.
0: I don't think he's the best power forward I I don't either. I think Karl Malone was probably... Thank you
1: very much. I'll take him or Barkley. It's close. Is it, though? Shouldn't Duncan have been playing center the whole time? I mean, he is like a post. The fact that he... The fact that he had David Robinson on his team. But he's such he a was, gentle guy. I know. He seems nice. And he me. loves
0: to bank. Bank the shot oh. off from the side. And he's in the Hall of Fame, so
1: congratulations. Oh,
0: Tim Duncan? <laughs> yeah. One of the best of all time. <laughs> I know he is. Okay, uh, three guests. One's a Florida man. Yep. You got Jason Lock four. And you've got, in the 1980s, there wasn't a bigger sports story than when Ronaldo Nehemiah, the, the, the all-world record holder Hurdler decided to play in the NFL. He's going to talk about DK Metcalf nice. on this episode 142. Hey, back with us on Mitch Unfiltered is John Waterstrat, the owner of Fireside Home Solutions, not to mention the presenting sponsor of our fun March Madness pool. Thank you for that, John, by the way. Give us an update. What's the latest
6: at Fireside? Well, thanks, Mitch. It's great to be back and just kind of talking to your listeners. And uh, it's been great. The puja sound area is starting to open itself back up and i still think that the whole remodel people wanting to do something to their home continues to get people pouring into our showrooms and we feel very very blessed to be able to help them in any way we can we want
0: to have your team over to the house to come up with a solution outside we want to put a new fire pit out there i'm going to talk to you a little bit about that well tell us about that arm the fire pit arm of the fireside business
6: yeah it's a great complementary business to our fireplace business people want that nice warm feeling outside so uh it's it's done well so people want to extend those areas outside so we're able to put a fireplace for a nice living room area outside or we can do that gathering space on our fire pits so again we can do up to uh fireplaces fire pits and we could even provide you heaters outside extend those uh, chilly nights in the northwest to a longer period of time outside perfect And while the name is Fireside Home Solutions, you guys introduced
0: garage doors, a garage doors layer to your business not too long ago. Tell us why you did that and how it's been.
6: Uh, we were able to have an opportunity to uh, purchase one of our competitors. He was doing fireplaces and garage doors. He wanted to retire. So we were able to kind of blend our two companies together. We looked at that garage door business and we said, wow, what a great complementary business to fireplaces. Creating that warm, cozy feeling inside was that same feeling that people wanted to do on the outside to add to that curb of feel their home. It's one of those things when neighbors drive by and they look at your house like, wow, what happened to that house? And to add that nice, curb feel both outside now and then inside the home and having that warm cozy place it's it's pretty exciting to have both of those pieces of our business well it's
0: exciting for us to be partnered with fireside home solutions for the last few years we're really thrilled and privileged to have you aboard we love you firesidehomesolutions.com
2: unfiltered
6: away beautifully at the moment, so it's Foster, Foster ahead at the moment, Foster from Nehemiah, Greg Foster, Nehemiah coming back, now Nehemiah, Nehemiah from Foster, Nehemiah first, Foster second, and Sunshine a third, 12.92, a new world record!
7: Safety blitz, the delay
2: is on, Montana reads it, Nehemiah. Nehemiah, it's all over. Nehemiah was, and over. And was a bullfrog, and Terry Kennard recognizing it was 83, one of the great...
0: Speedsters to come out of the world of track. Our next guest, in the late 70s and early 80s, was virtually untouchable on the track. Three-time NCAA champion, also broke the world record in the 110-meter hurdles twice in the same week. Would have won gold in 1980 had the U.S. competed. Went on to play wide receiver in the NFL. For a few years in San Francisco, what a great privilege it is to welcome in Ronaldo Skeets Nehemiah. How are you? Hey
3: Mitch, I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. People still call you Skeets? Only people who who are old enough (laughs) to call me. (laughs) Most young folks don't even know that name exists. (laughs) Where
0: where did you get that nickname?
3: Oh man, I've had it since I was an infant. Uh, You know what a Skeet is at a, a rifle range? A Skeet, they shoot skeet when it goes and it goes across real fast so they said i skeeted about when i was a little baby when i crawled i was really quick then so uh, the family actually calls me Skeetsy. Um <laughs> and then uh, to the date that i walked on the uh, field the niners i felt i was old enough no longer to be called skeets and i took the name ronaldo my formal name and been using it ever since awesome. so when i do hear it It raises an eyebrow because I'm looking at that person to see if they're at least around my age or older to be able to call me that. I remember when I was with Octagon and a young kid, he was probably about 24, and he came up and goes, Hey, Skeets, what's happening? And I said, you're not old enough to call me that name. (laughs) So let's lay the ground rules. Do you want me to call you
0: Ronaldo during the interview? Do you want me to call you Skeets? I don't want to piss you off now. (laughs) <laughs>
3: uh, I hear Ronaldo more than skis but it's fine it's fine it's nostalgic
6: <laughs>
0: well you eagerly watch Ronaldo the rest of, as the rest of us did DK Metcalf from out here compete in the 100 meters as someone who could relate better than just about anyone um, did it go as expected to you what don't all of us understand about the differences between great speed in the NFL and track speed
3: In the track world, it went as expected. I think to the outside world, uh, based on the time that he ran, most people, including myself, was a little bit surprised that he dipped under 10.4. I figured, you know, if he ran under 10.5, I'd be surprised. The fact that he ran under 10.4 just told me that, you know, he had decent speed. Um, One of my many observations I had said prior to him running. Was that if DK Metcalf was not a world-class sprinter before entering the NFL, and now playing a couple of seasons, there was no way he was going to become a world-class sprinter in four months. Right. So, um, but he did himself proud, and and I got a chance to meet with him and talk with him after his race, and since everybody was drawing somewhat of a comparison between me and him, yeah. but. I just let him know that, um, you know, he's the first one who's actually walked a the walk. There have been so many NFL guys over the course of years who talk about what they can do, and, and none of them have ever had the bravery to get out there and, and put it to the test. So I commended him on that in and of itself. It was an accomplishment that no one else had ever done.
0: So I guess the evidence points, Skeets, to it being easier to go back or to go from the track to the gridiron. Than the other way around, all of us football fans always like to say, how could Usain Bolt not be a great wide receiver in the NFL? Why doesn't someone throw a lot of money at him? Talk to us about that.
3: Well, okay, those are two different animals. I mean, one, I was world-class before I went to the NFL, so I wasn't going to all of a sudden not be – a world-class sprinter right but I, I had to learn the game and the nuances of the game and the game is very challenging and difficult so it's not that just because I'm a world-class athlete uh, sprinter that's gonna make me a great football player you know there's some intangibles that are that are prerequisites and then on the other side uh, just because a guy likes track and is a very good football player doesn't mean that he's gonna become a world-class sprinter um, That word has been sorely overused and exploited over many years. RG3 was supposedly a world-class hurdler or sprinter. No, he was not. Um, uh, many of people they say has world-class speed. No, Tyreek Hill does. Uh, Willie Gulp did. Ron Brown did. James Jett did. James Trapp did. You know, people like that Uh um, who played the game, who were world-class athletes in another sport as well. Deion Sanders is quick, but he's not a world-class sprinter. I would even venture to say, probably um, uh, for the DB for the uh, Washington Risk. And Daryl Green sure. was a, probably would have been a world class sprinter, legitimately. But uh, DK Metcalf, at 6'4, 230, 235, impressive, incredible. Just to give it some, some reference, DK, his event was uh, he was a long jumper and a hurdler in high school and his hurdle time is 1489. I ran 12.9 in high school. So (laughs) it just shows you the difference between world class and somebody who has above average talent and speed. So, and then I heard a uh, commentator earlier today on the radio and I laughed and he said, well, he's carrying 30, 35 more pounds. And if he loses 30, 35 pounds, he'd run sub 10. And I'm like, yeah, you're an idiot. (laughs) You have no clue. Uh, So we all have to stay in our respective lanes. You know, these guys are trained scientifically sleep the angles and all the nuances of sprinting and right right positions and their fast switches are just instinctively better and ingrained and football players you know when I was training with the Niners I mean we do 10 15 20 yard bursts at a time so over that period of distance you know they're pretty quick but the race is a hundred meters and or longer yeah. and that's you know so when he first got out of the blocks DK I guess for the first 20 or so meters, he was holding his own. But as the race went further on, right. you know, he, the distance started separating.
0: So let's talk about Ronaldo Nehemiah and educate our, our younger listeners since I'm old enough to remember vividly your career. Thanks to a number of circumstances, one out of your control, the boycott in 1980, and another completely your decision to play football instead of 84 in L.A., many remember you... Ronaldo as the greatest track and field star never to compete in the Olympics it's kind of like the best golfer not to win a major does that stay with you all these years later or are you over it
3: it took me about 20 some odd years I wouldn't even talk about the Olympic games Uh, you know I hadn't even scratched my prime at 21 making the 1980 Olympic team the odds on favorite to win the gold medal and for reasons beyond my control you know we boycotted it and then uh, the cruelty of it all in that same year, 1980, president Carter let the winter Olympians go. And that's when we experienced a miracle on ice. They beat the professional Russians. Right. And I just thought, Oh, okay, well maybe, you know, he'll let us go and, and shove it up, you know, yeah. up their nose as, <laughs> as well. And he held true. He let the winter Olympians go and he didn't let us go. And then right on the heels of that boycott, the Eastern Bloc con- countries were now contemplating a retaliatory boycott. So here I am fresh off a of boycott and going, okay, so what kind of gains are we gonna have now, if at all, if all these other countries are gonna boycott 84? I just grew out of, I guess, support of the politics of the games. I got into track because I loved it. It was an, uh, an extension of who I really was. And if you're gonna take that away from me because of some political battle, um, I had lost a lot of the love that I had, you know, inherently always held on to. So I didn't want to train another four years with uncertainty. And then I was a gra- uh, college graduate in 1981, the following year. And as you know, most people graduate college, they want to get a job. And track and field was amateur at that time. So I'm running and breaking all these records for my name and a paper and some medals. but. I needed a job. So timing is everything. And thank God there, you know, Bill Walsh was a super fan of mine who offered me a four year guaranteed contract. Quite frankly, had I not been the best hurdler in the world and breaking world records and being number one, I probably may not have been easily swayed to play football because I would have had some unfinished business, Mm -hmm. but because I had reached the highest mountain under my control, and I, had, and I had played football in high school, and I was recruited. I just didn't play in college. I felt I was a, an all-around athlete. I always knew I was because I play a lot of different things and do a lot of things very well. So uh, why not try to play America's game at the time, the 49, uh, American football with the 49ers?
0: And it was a huge story at the time. People will have to believe me. 1982, so big, Ronaldo. I will never forget April 26, 1982, that Sports Illustrated cover, still to this day, one of the most popular covers, one of the most memorable covers in the history of Sports Illustrated, you going over the hurdles in the San Francisco 49er uniform with a football in your arms, right?
3: Yeah, I'm actually looking at that photo in my office right now and... uh you know, again, a lot of first. Uh, being a track guy, gracing the cover of Sports Illustrated in a football uniform. You know, timing is everything. I look back. I've really never had any regrets because you know how many people can say they were the best in the world, broke world records, caught touchdown passes from Joe Montana, and won a Super Bowl, and became a, and became a Jeopardy question. So, um, but it, but you know, I'd be lying if there wasn't a hint of what if because. I figured by the time I was 28 I could have annihilated the records. I have a lot to hold my head up to, I have a lot that I was a first, no one could ever take that away from me. I opened the door to let people know the 13 second barrier was attainable and I did it not only I did it in high school for the first time and I did it, Mitch, I did it uh, a couple other times so they didn't give me credit for it because at that time no one thought a man could even run that fast. I ran 12.82 in Jamaica and they just we in denial that, <laughs> d- that I could run that fast. A clock had to break, and then here in the U.S. at the Sports Festival in New York City, in the rain, I ran 12:86. Wow! And again, they said, "No, there's got to be a clock malfunction." Now, you run anything like that today, it's a world record.
0: Ronaldo, let's play the what-if game, if you would. Let's say, okay. let's say things are different. Let's say they allow you in the 1980 Olympics. You win gold medals there. You don't play football and you repeat in 1984, which you would have done. So you would have given up no no football career, but gold medals in 80 and 84. How would Ronaldo Nehemiah's life been different all these years, do you think?
3: I don't know. Uh, I already know that Joe Douglas, who was the agent for uh, Carl Lewis, told me emphatically after I had left the sport and I was playing with the Niners that they were so happy that I left the sport because I was the face of the sport. And uh, whether it was my, you know, charisma, or what I was doing to the fans, that, you know, my Q rating was pretty positive back then. So, I don't live for, you know, what could have been. I guess because uh, I, I ran for the love of it, Mitch. I mean, it, it was a feeling that nothing else gave me at the time. Just studying that event, being the most graceful over it as I could, making it look like it was effortless. And so, I've had so many people tell me how wealthy or I could have been and (laughs) I could have done this and done that and I said you know I really never did it for any of that. I did it for self-satisfaction. I did it for my own personal uh, accomplishment to push myself. Um, Just like I told people I never really had to read newspaper clippings because it didn't get any better than me living the actual race when I was running it. No reporter could ever tell the story of the race more than I could, who lived it and ran it, so it didn't get any better than that. You know, it's interesting, the greatest compliment, even though it's not true, is that people wrongly introduced me as Olympic gold medalist to this day. (laughs) And I have to always tell them, guys, uh, I never even walked into an Olympic stadium as an Olympian. Amazing. And I go, what? Amazing. no. So I'm flattered that I won so much that they just assumed (laughs) I had to win a gold medal.
0: Reflect upon, if you would, Ronaldo, your few years with the San Francisco 49ers in the NFL. I got an old press clipping. You, you once said, the only thing I truly regret, regret is what I allowed to happen to my body over a period of time. As a runner, I was always in touch with my body. In football, I really got caught up in the peer pressure, no pain, no gain. I played a lot and practiced a lot. Injured, a knee injury, Achilles heel problems shoulder problems back problems um you won the super bowl against my beloved dan marino and the fins with joe Mm -hmm. montana throwing touchdown passes um i'll ask you about the lack of celebration in the locker room which i found interesting an old story (laughs) that you said um but go back and talk talk to us about what it was like now that you look back upon your years in the
3: nfl well i could not have played for a better organization I mean obviously we were a dynasty in that era and we had a who's who's list of talent at pretty much every position my greatest gift was Bill Walsh uh, being a fan of mine because he understood what I represented as an athlete it was also somewhat of a curse because I remember when I got knocked out against the Atlanta Falcons he said to me he never wanted the world to see me get maimed playing that game especially on his watch so my playing Exposures started to become more guarded because of the devastation of the game back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, you know, we had a great bunch of guys, many of whom I'm still friends with today. Uh, it was a great experience, and my only frustration was when I gave up a sport that I could play full time and never had to question if I could do something or not do something. To going into a game that I guess it's objective whether or not somebody thinks you should play a lot or cannot play a lot, whatever it is, I didn't give up a sport to sit on my talent. So if I'm playing 30% of the time in football, 70% of my talent was going unused. And I started realizing that after my second season that I was never going to get this talent back to use as each year went by. And so in my fourth year, when I injured my back and was on injured reserve tore L four and five in my back, that told me pretty much everything that once I hurt my back, there was not much left to hurt. And if I was going to resign another four year contract, I wanted to play. And if I'm not going to play, then I could no longer just sit on the sideline because once it's over, it's over. So my decision, not, and the Niners did offer me a new contract, but during that time of playing with the Niners, my sport went from amateur to professional. And now people like Carl Lewis are on the, on the rise and he's making more money than I was and I'm getting killed (laughs) and he's not. And I said, I'm a pretty smart guy. At least I think I am. I know what I represent to the track world. So let me see if I can get back out there and my, you know, my value instantly goes up and I'm going to get paid more than I was playing with the Niners. So it was I didn't want to give up the game, but once again, I had won a super bowl, thankfully i played with joe montana and ronnie lott and those guys i caught touchdown passes monday night football i did all that okay it's not giving me what i thought it could give me i'll accept that obviously i didn't become what everyone else thought i would become i just wanted to play the game and let me go back while i still have a you know a chance to be an athlete and return to my sport that was my first love and what happened well, ironically, uh, I mean, I won my first race back in 1986 in b Italy, but I, I ruptured an Achilles tendon in that race okay. uh, and managed to win the race, and then my season was over before it started. I see. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. It pains me. We're going to finish with this, Ronaldo. It pains me that a lot of our audience won't know what I'm talking about, but you will, The superstars competition. I'm on the line right now with a four-time champion in the superstars competition. And our audience is going, what the hell is the superstars competition? Now, with all of your exploits, with all the great track accomplishments and the stories with the Niners and Bill Walsh, I think if you and I were having a beer in Potomac, Maryland right now, Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd be asking you for stories about your time in the superstars competition
3: (laughs) right right it's it's interesting and everyone should know about the superstars and they should try to bring it back the superstars competition brought together america's finest athletes in all sports and you would compete over a three-day period competing in in seven out of 10 events. Mm-hmm. The one event you couldn't compete in was your professional event if they had it. So when I first started, I couldn't sprint. Okay. When I went to the 49ers, I was no longer a, a track guy, I was a football guy, so they let me sprint.
7: Okay.
3: And Mitch, I took names, I crushed these boys. <laughs> I mean, I crushed these football players, basketball players, baseball players, it didn't matter. It was a chance for me to show the world that I was an all around athlete. I mean, I even won the closest to the pen in the golf. <laughs> and uh, what were the seven? Do you remember? Do you remember some of the competition? What were the? Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was tennis, and I was a B tennis player. I played tennis all the time in college, so okay, okay. it was tennis my first event. Yeah. Then there was uh, swimming. Yeah. Uh, I remember I did a flip turn, Mitch, and when I got out of the pool, all eyes were looking at me like, "What the f?" You know, <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" I grew up swimming. And they're like, who does a flip turn? I'm like, dude.
0: By the way, I think Joe Frazier once almost drowned in the swimming competition. Yeah, almost
3: drowned. (laughs) Yeah. We had had, uh, golf, uh, half-mile bike ride, weightlifting. Yeah. We had basketball. Uh. We had bowling. I have the bowling record still to this day, 226. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I was taking names, I was taking names, and what a lot of people don't know, you mentioned that I was a four-time winner of the Superstars, which is true, but I won the first three consecutive years (laughs) and they thought it was an embarrassment that I was kicking their butts so much that they kicked kicked me out, Mitch, for two years. And then the third year, they said, hey, Ronaldo, would you like to come back and compete in Superstars? And I took names again. So, after a two-year, you know, I guess, asylum, you know, kicked off the island, I come back and I won again. And you have to understand, in those days, I was truly an amateur, even though the money was going into a a trust account, that money meant everything to me. So I'm the all-time winningest money winner (laughs) at Superstars. And these pros may not have taken it that seriously, but it, it was a chance to prove that I was better than... Most people thought I wasn't just this little track guy. Like, I got second to Mark Gastineau in the uh, clean and press. You know, I did 280 over my head. He did 305, but he must have weighed 50, 60 pounds more than me. So, you know, pound for pound, I was still the strongest guy there. So that was my whole point to let people know that I wasn't just a track guy. I could do a lot of things well.
0: Who would be the superstars champion of today, 2021?
3: DK Metcalf.
0: Ah, Better yeah. than LeBron James? Well, LeBron's a little older now. Maybe 10 years ago, LeBron James?
3: No? Yes? They talked about LeBron James probably being a good tight end, but I think DK is an overall better athlete. Uh, yeah, not by a lot, but just I think his instincts seem to be a little bit better because LeBron's six, 8 That's a big mass to move around.
0: Well, I was a uh, I was a big fan back in the day, and I still am. It was a great honor, a great privilege to have you on the show, the great Ronaldo Skeets Nehemiah, ladies and gentlemen, on episode 142. Ronaldo, thank you for the time. All the thank continued you. best to you and your family. Thanks so much.
3: Likewise, Mitch. Thank you.
0: Zeke's Pizza President Dan Black joins us. Where else on the Zeke's Pizza Hotline of Mitch Unfiltered, Dan? Good news from D.C. last week. No masks necessary for those that have been vaccinated twice. What does that mean for all the great locations of Zeke's Pizza now?
4: Yeah, absolutely great news. The weather's awesome. We're coming out of COVID, so the party's on at Zeke's. In terms of where we're at with the masks, as it stands, we're still wearing them and our customers are still wearing them. We follow Washington state law or guidance pretty closely, but... It's clear that we're heading towards no masks soon, and uh, it's just a matter of when.
0: Memorial Day weekend will be monumental for you guys. 20th location, where will it be? And 20th out of how many? How many will we get up to someday,
4: Dan? At least (laughs) 2,000. Write it down, Mitch. Write it down. May, yeah, May 29th, we open in Bellingham. We could not be more excited. We're excited for all of our restaurant openings, but Bellingham is particularly exciting. First of all, it is a great match for the Zeke's brand. We love the people up there. We love the outdoor lifestyle. They love Zeke's, so that's going to be fun. But, you know, the other cool part is it's going to extend our northern border pretty far. And so when we open Bellingham, you know, our footprint will be Bellingham to Tacoma. That's exciting. the like we've talked about, we're filling in all the time and then extending our borders too, down into Oregon over to Spokane and hopefully Boise. So uh, yeah, it's fun.
0: Spring turns to summer. So what does that mean for the black family's palates and appetites when it comes to your choice of pizza and beer Dan?
4: Yeah, you know, summertime people keep it lighter, and I do that. We do that on the pizza front and the beer front. I got kids, and so we keep it pretty basic in the summer. We order a ton of pepperoni and cheese. And then on the beer front, you know, I usually stick with whatever kind of our current special Zeke's beer is. At the time, we got one coming out with Black Raven. It's a light lager, great summer drinker. It's called Stellar's Jay, and so that's, that's what I'll be drinking this summer.
0: Mitch Unfiltered is almost three years old, and every step of the way, Zeke's has been by my side. I'm so appreciative of Dan, his crew, and all of the Zeke's Pizza locations. Homegrown in the Northwest. Unfiltered.
8: The time to coddle, if you will, Aaron Rodgers, was before they made that pick. It's over a calendar year ago. Uh, And then he went out, had an amazing season, got let down by the coach, got let down by the front office, and it just cemented the idea of, you tried to put me on a clock. I I think there's a number of places he'd be open to playing. Uh, Russell Wilson was intrigued by Vegas. Uh, I I wouldn't start handicapping teams at this point.
0: It's been a while since we welcome back to the show one of my all-time favorite guests. And you know why Jason Lockenfora is one of my all-time favorite guests? Why the CBS NFL Insider... And the sports radio drive-time star in Baltimore is one of my all-time favorite guests. You know why, Jason? You know why you're one of my all-time favorite guests? I don't know.
8: I, I, I bet you say that to all the boys. Because. But I, why? Tell me.
0: Because you're on the line right now as we speak. That's the oh. reason. <laughs> well played. Well played and
8: true enough. Ah.
0: <laughs> How's everything going back in Baltimore with uh, Sports Radio Heaven and boys playing baseball and and trying to figure out whether the family's going to get a third dog? And I I gotta ah. catch me up, please. Catch all of us up. Please.
8: No, we're good, man. It's a lot different than a year ago where the whiteboard in our kitchen had literally nothing you know nothing written on it. And it was like, can we convince everybody to play a board game tonight? Like, what? Will somebody go take a walk with me? to get ice cream or whatever not not that there's anything wrong with that stuff and i mean frankly there was some good that that came out of this horrific thing we lived through but this is kind of what you're used to with three kids you know rehearsals recitals practices games tryouts uh you know, and spring weather, and and you're able to really enjoy it and be outside all day long, running from one thing to the next. Now we're 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 blessed, man. We're lucky. You know, they they continue to lessen some of the stipulations about public gatherings and sporting events here in Maryland. So, um, things are certainly trending back closer to normal in that regard. My wife and I have both been double dosed for quite a while. Our oldest, she was vaccinated a couple of weeks ago. Our middle guy got his first shot this weekend. So, no, we're we're rocking and rolling.
0: Nice. What are what are NFL stadiums, do you think, going to look like? Do you have any sense about that yet? Or is it too early to know?
8: I think they'll be, think they'll be bursting at the gills. I think, okay. I think they'll have guys trying to build, what do they call it, auxiliary seating to pack another couple thousand in there. I, I mean, I, one of the big stories here locally was, so the Ravens were the team that's going to open that. Well, I shouldn't say open it. The stadium in Vegas. It's already been open, but no fans. You know, not with the club in the end zone and you know what I mean. All the bells and whistles. We've been keeping an eye on ticket prices, and that's been next to the Tom Brady revenge game. That's you know has has had pretty consistently like the most, the highest average ticket price. But the the kind of money that these games are going for immediately right now. And just some of the early sort of feedback, I, I get the sense that people having to stay away and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I, should, I, I
0: should sell my tickets. You're telling well, me if I, you want to make a profit? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be,
8: I think it's going to be pretty crazy.
0: When the schedule was released last week, is that a story
8: to you? Oh, Do you care? I mean, I well, don't I mean, have, we, a, I don't, but I don't have a choice because it's it's a thing now. You know, we did. Three hours or four hours of programming at, at CBS sports h q thankfully, I only had to do a few a few hits, a few segments here or there, yeah, but it 's a content warehouse now, you know you it was something we were still talking about, different sort of variations of it, who got screwed, who benefited, what stretches look good, what stretches look easy, all that stuff i mean it it 's a good, solid week leading up to it, and then through it and then dissecting it, you know what it, I mean. It is what it is. You and I know. Not that long ago, you'd, you'd get a fax or you'd—I mean, an yeah. email. You know yeah. what I mean? Or you'd be yeah. sitting in the media room, yeah. and they'd somebody, some PR intern would come through at two thirty in the afternoon and throw a stack of papers on the on the desk, and it would be the schedule.
0: So, what's the big story or stories from this schedule
8: that was released last week? Is there one? Well, I mean. I don't. I mean, like we called a story like Tom Brady's facing the Patriots. Well, we knew that. Yeah, <laughs> like we, know. we knew. We just yeah. didn't know when they were going to. What was going to happen? How early in the year? How late in the year? Yeah, yeah. Would it be week 17 and he's got nothing to play for and they're locked into a playoff spot? Which no, it was never going to be that. So I, I don't. I, you know, I don't know, Mitch. Stupid stuff like the Eagles don't have to get on a plane for two months straight. You know, is that going to be a thing in the NFC East? I mean, it's so bunched together. Maybe it will be, but they have a stretch of almost half the season where it's all home games or boss trips, or if they want to take the train, you know what I mean? An hour on the train up to New York, an hour on the train down to to Washington. You know, I, the Steelers. I, I just think that thing there is is already half over and. You look at what they face after Week 11, and I don't think they'll be 11 and 0 like they were last year before the wheels fell off. I think they'll already be scrambling. But the schedule was really heavily backloaded against them. You know, in your division, it's it's you know interesting who who takes which trips when and what what the travel situation is like. Um, I know teams like the Rams are still making um, trips, you know, back east to play. Teams like Baltimore in the weather late in the year, I think that's week 17. You know, does that end up being something that's a tough ask for that team that time of year, and is that benefiting somebody else in that division? But I don't think there's, you know, like who was going to open up the Vegas thing, right? Who was going to open up the Rams thing? I mean, again, I know they were open last year, but not really, really. You know, the week one schedule, we've got four months to obsess about that. You know, Cleveland and Kansas City, that rematch is interesting to me. I don't think the Browns will win, but like if they do, own could you imagine what it would be like doing – Morning drive radio in Cleveland. <laughs> if they're one and zero with a win at Arrowhead, you know what I'm saying? Coming off last year when they reached the playoffs, but nobody can go to the games. You know, yes. there's like four thousand people there to see it. Yes. Uh, so stuff like that. But I mean, at no. the end of the day, no. I really don't know what any of that is.
0: I've got a I've got a bone to pick with you. There was once a day and age where you would come on the old radio show and the podcast, and I'd ask you who's yeah. going to win the NFC West, and you'd say, I always pick Seattle. You know this, yeah. Mitch? Mitch. I always yep. pick Seattle. I, I pick them every single year, and I'm not. There's I was getting no reason. Okay, so what? So what happened? All of a sudden, I'm looking at a piece right I now. Had in you front in my, of me. I
8: had you in my ear, and you I'm like, got you got know Rams. What? The Rams I'm winning like, the you know NFC what? West. I'm going to mix it up. I, I feel like it's getting a little boring for me. It's getting a little stale content-wise for you. <laughs> now you've got something else to rib me about. I'm like, nah, I'm gonna I'm going to go. I'm going to go in another direction. I mean, I, I, I have no conviction behind that, and I'm sure I've told that to you every time I've made a pick in May. But there wasn't a whole lot in the hopper, and I had one more column the right last week. So I'm like, eh, this, one, this is an evergreen right here. We roll that roll that ball back out and see what we're, what we're thinking this year. Boy, I, I don't have a great feel for that division whatsoever. And I think Seattle's a playoff team. I'm just rolling the dice here that, you know, that the that Rams will end up with one more win or a tiebreaker. I just think they've upgraded a quarterback so significantly. Now, I also have concerns about the defense, though, because I, I think what Brandon Staley did last year was absolutely masterful. Now, has he put something in place there that – can be built upon, and, you know, McVay understands. I mean, yeah, I know McVeigh's an offensive coach, but McVay knows exactly what kind of defense they were running. He knows exactly why he hired Brandon Staley in the first place. And do they have the institutional sort of fortitude to keep that going? Because clearly the players bought in, and it benefited everybody, you know, including some dudes in the secondary who moved on to Cleveland in free agency. But I, I do think they have some superstar players there, and I think – what Stafford will bring them and when they get to camp and they see this kid he's not a kid anymore but they see the way he throws the ball and what he can do the kind of talent he has the velocity the touch I've been a Stafford guy forever and I'm fascinated to see him now actually in the hands of somebody who really knows what to do with them and they can run the ball and if the offensive line can can hold up a little bit I, I just think that's a pretty balanced football team I think Seattle is as well But, you know, Seattle doesn't have a Jalen Ramsey or an Aaron Donald on that side of the
0: ball. No, they don't. So, Jason, the last time that you and I at least talked on the show I think goes back to just after the Super Bowl at the beginning of the whole Russell Wilson story and the Seattle Seahawks. Now we're, what, four or five months later. I'm wondering how you feel about what transpired and where we are headed. Is this the last year for Russell Wilson? And do you think... Do you think that it ever got closer, the trade ever got closer than maybe John Schneider and Pete Carroll are willing to admit publicly as to what happened over the last three or four months?
8: Um, I don't think there was. I don't think there was anything imminent or, or anything like that. Chicago didn't give them a whole lot to think about. The Raiders didn't get nearly as creative as as I thought they might. Some of the other teams that are interested just weren't places, you know, he was, he'd was he be willing to waive a no-trade clause for. So, no, I, I don't think anything uh, was ever on, on, on the precipice or anything like that. As for moving forward, Mitch, a lot of things would have to sort of improve if if there's going to be, a, 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 you know, an extension of a long-term relationship here. And I don't mean a contract extension, but everybody being in, in lockstep about how to move forward, I interpersonal dynamics, uh, things from a conceptual standpoint. How is the offense evolving if it's evolving? What is the relationship with the play caller? Is there a sense that the play caller is beholden to the head coach? What kind of feedback is he getting? Is there more of a sort of bedside manner or an effort to kind of be inclusionary in the thought process? And maybe even letting him in things that you don't necessarily know if he needs to know or not. But at this point – you know, I would say if, if this is someone you want to have around four, five, six more years, then there's probably a little bit more of, of a touchy feely way to do it. You know, what is the overall team performance looking like? There's a lot of factors at play. Can, can it morph into something that's much more symbiotic? By next January? I think it certainly could. Could it go even further off the rails? Sure. I don't know how to predict that or handicap that, but yeah. things you know, if if it's sort of standard operating procedure there, then I think Russell Wilson's somewhere else in twenty twenty two.
0: Tell me about Aaron Rodgers and Julio Jones before you go. What's gonna happen?
8: Well Julio Jones is gonna get traded at some point, you know, as soon as next month or certainly before the start of the season. I, I, they, they need the cap space. They seem intent on moving that salary. Uh, I just will be fascinated to see if the owner's okay with the kind of returns they're going to get because uh, this is not going to be a franchise altering trade. I mean, they're not going to get the kind of return, nothing close to what they gave up to move up to this get this guy and Mm -hmm. frankly nothing close to what we've seen far lesser players fetch in return just because of the age because of the salary because the team has made it so clear that he's not really in their plans deandre hopkins went for a second round pick you know what i mean he's younger and better and more durable than this guy so i I don't know does julio have a say well he could always play the sort of i'm done card but he also has 15 million dollars on the line okay so I mean, look. Let's be real. Like, if you're com if you're taking on Julio Jones's salary at this point in the in the game, at this point in his career, you're you're a contending team, you know. Like, you're you're not doing this for the long haul. So I, I think Seahawks? wherever he would end up would would be somewhere. Seahawks. I mean, that's it's the kind of thing that that they. I mean, it, it feels like the kind of thing they they would do. Yeah. It's a lot of money. I mean, that is a lot of money. But I'd never rule them out of anything like that. They're forward-thinking and progressive and willing to spend. So, sure, that can make some sense. And the Aaron Rodgers thing, I I don't think much changes in the near term. And they come to camp and we find out if he's willing to stay home. And if he's willing to stay home and he forces them to go out there to training camp practices, which I I suspect – human beings, including the media, will be able to watch and watch closely, and the group of quarterbacks that they've assembled look like the group of quarterbacks they've assembled, then we'll see how quickly Mark Murphy and company start to sweat and start to realize that they're not going to win a game of chicken with this guy. I don't think anything happens in the near term. Nah, he has no reason to go there for you know, OTAs or any of that stuff. And it'll get real this summer. And where his headspace is right now, based on people I've talked to who who have been pretty right about this stuff in the past, I think he's pretty stuck in. I think he's willing to see if they'll really get down to the mud with him. And I, I just don't know what their tolerance for this will be and at what point because they do have to run a franchise, because they do uh, – Look, they they were ready to move on from him to some degree when they made the pick. It was just a matter of when. Now he wants to force it to be on his timetable and not theirs. And you prepare for life without Aaron Rodgers by moving up to take a kid who's probably not even worthy of that selection in the first place. You may have to pay the piper for that sooner than, than you'd like.
0: So will he or won't he play for Green Bay in week one?
8: Uh, I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, are they capable of coming up with some sort of solution? that gets him to buy in for another year or, or two. I, I mean, it's a lot of time between now and when they start playing games that count. I just don't think he wants to be there. I, but everybody's got a number. I mean, at some point, do they put a package in front of him where he's like, all right, I'm going to do this, and it'll, you know, it'll buy me one more year, but, but then I'm out. I, I don't know, but it, it's, enti- it's, it's very personal there. It's, this is about things above and beyond football and, and money. But they won't trade him until they absolutely feel like, you know, the gun is to their head and that the cost-benefit analysis of not trading him, again, if he gets to this point, of not trading him, of rolling these guys out here and knowing the best player on their team isn't there and having all their warts exposed week after week after week and getting nothing in return, having, you know, you can't even sell that the future. You can't sell, oh, well, the three ones and the two players that we got because you don't have them. I just think at some point are they squirming enough that they're like, okay, we need to we need to have an auction here, and then we need to move on. Mm-hmm.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Jason for. read him on CBSSports.com. See him on CBS as the NFL approaches. We'll watch very, very closely the Aaron Rodgers thing in Green Bay. Great to visit with you again. Thanks for doing. Oh, good to hear and, your thanks, voice, brother. Thanks for being on the Zeke's Pizza Hotline again, there, Jason.
8: Is a, oh my, there's no, <laughs> you know, there's no place I'd rather be. <laughs>
0: Jason Lockett, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Jason. Look forward to catching up again soon, brother. Lindsey Schwartz is back with us. He's the CEO of Daniel's Broiler, of course. And I'd imagine, Lindsey, that with expanding dining room capacities, vaccines, you guys should be seeing some forward momentum these last few weeks and months at Daniel's Broiler.
5: We are for sure. It's been a crazy year, obviously. But uh, over the past several months, every week we get a little bit busier. And uh, now that we can seat up to 50% capacity and tables of 10, we've got pretty much every available seat full every night.
0: So you have Less Shy, South Lake Union, and the Bellevue locations open. Tell me a little bit about what that's meant to your business, the expanded capacity in the dining rooms.
5: Well, you know, we sell the six foot rule. And so at 50% now, it's about as many tables as we could seat and still keeping them six feet apart so it's about as much business as we'll be able to do until there's another significant change but it's good you know we're fortunate that we have pretty big footprints in our locations and we're able to seat a lot of people and remember we have outdoor seating at all three locations as well so um uh, we got a good amount of seats available
0: nice takeout and delivery on the rise at daniel's broiler as well
5: yeah for sure. I mean, that's one of the one of the nice things that's come out of all this is we've really really seen a huge upswing in our delivery to go business and and even as we get more people back inside, the delivery takeout continues to be really, really solid. So we think that's a really a new piece of business for us that's here to stay. And uh, it just gives people more options.
0: Fantastic. Always been a great partner of mine, both in the radio days and now with Mitch Unfiltered. Daniel's Broiler, world-class steakhouses.
4: Unfiltered.
7: What I'm doing out here right now currently is the last 36 hours I haven't slept or I haven't eaten. I'm fasting to make a statement against the abusive practices of the country club that I worked at yesterday, Legends Golf and Country Club. How long had you been here? 14 and a half years.
0: Episode 142, Mitch Unfiltered, and I'm violating my own ban on Florida Man Stories. Because here's one. Our next guest is a popular teaching golf pro who has captured headlines around the country for the way he has handled being let go. After 14 years at Legends Country Club in Fort Myers, Florida, Brad Steckline is our guest on Mitch Unfiltered. Hi, Brad. Hi there. How are you, Mitch? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? Are you feeling all right? Are you healthy? People probably don't understand why I'm asking those questions. We'll explain. How's Brad
7: feeling? I'm doing better. Um, it's been, I think, 11 days since I was terminated. I was on a little bit of a hunger strike there for a while with 100 degree uh, heat temperature. So lost some weight, got a little dehydrated, had a rough time for the first four or five days afterwards, uh, kind of feeling better. But i uh, been getting caught up in sleep and uh, feeling mentally and physically better every day.
0: OK, so the hunger, hunger strike is over hunger strike is
7: over i want to stay married but
0: the but the protest continues so you have to go back for our listeners you were fired on may 3rd i think after 14 years and you decided to stage a protest and a hunger strike just outside the gates of the community that housed the golf course the golf club people are laid off every day people in our audience are laid off every day so tell everybody why why is your situation do you think different
7: I think it's different. I planted a lot of seeds over 14 years and became very, very close to the members. The stories I could go on and on in terms of things I did above and beyond that I think earned their respect, whether it's saving a life with CPR or you know helping uh, older widows who can't get their Christmas decorations out of their attic, um, helping people get groceries. I really could go on and on, but I, I never did those things to want credit but i think if you're asking the question why i was so beloved and why i was so shocked when i got fired that's a little insight as to why why do you think you got fired i have no idea
0: what do you think that they would say uh, I, clearly i've read a lot of these articles and they don't say much but they do say when they do talk um nobody is fired without cause here and for and there was reasons and that's all we're gonna say. What 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 are they talking about?
7: Well that's yeah, kind of a interesting way to go about it. Um, two or three days after um I kinda headed home and started getting hydrated and, and starting to feel better before I'd occasionally go back and protest and I'm I'm going back there again tonight at five o'clock. My boss pulled me into his office and said And by the way, he's he's been there about seven months. I've been there 14.3 years. But he just called me in and said, uh, hey, love having you. Think it's uh, been great working with you. But the club has decided to part ways. It was was put in a very condescending, very uh, cruel way, to be honest.
0: Florida is an at-will state. What does that mean? It means they can tell you to
7: kick rocks for no reason.
0: And is that kind of the core of your protest? What are you trying to do by sitting outside the gates and continuing to get the publicity from us and everyone else? What, what is the goal
7: here? If it weren't for caring members after about 50 hours, if it weren't for my wife, who is an amazing human being, um, I would still be out there. I'd wither away. My statement has to do more about helping and, and protecting employees that are still in there. Um, that need my help. Trying to make a statement against at will states in general, uh, a lot more people have gone after this with a lot more money Mm -hmm. than I, I know it wouldn't gain a lot of traction, but um, a lot of it was just about supporting current employees and maybe making a little statement to the press that uh, mm, perhaps Governor DeSantis should look at uh, that law with the legislature and consider if it really is humane just to fire somebody without giving any cause or any reason.
0: It's 11 days now, Brad. What do you think you've accomplished? Are you pleased with the coverage? And has anybody contacted you in an official capacity?
7: Yeah, the coverage has been incredible. I mean, you, you could talk about the media, talk about You know, your podcast, talk about Mike Braun locally with the news press here in Fort Myers. He has been incredible in being a catalyst to getting the story on a national level with USA Today and Golf Week. Um, His original story he did about a week ago, and then a couple days ago, the update. I've had uh, professional athletes in multiple sports message me support. It really has been going well. I think what's really motivated me to keep going with this and to drive back in again tonight at five o'clock is the fact that over 300 members reached out to me. That blew my mind. I I, I knew I was liked in there. And in fact, they they made me feel like a celebrity. I used to go to work every day with a different pair of flashy, goofy pants. Mm -hmm. I always went with a smile, always provided seamless service, was never written up ever, only accommodated, only given bonuses, Mm -hmm. and then boom.
0: Membership even set up a GoFundMe page for you. Uh, Did you think that when you were protesting, that membership would all gather together and speak loudly on your behalf and maybe force the hand of of your bosses to have you back?
7: No, I didn't think so. That's kind of why I did the hunger strike. I mean, even though I had such a wonderful relationship with – easily a thousand people in there and and never created any animosity or anything with anyone. I I guess I just sat down because I said I had to make a statement because when people get fired I think they generally think that people really care and my experience having seen other people fired is that people really don't care Mm -hmm. and at least not to a large extent and they tend to move on. Um, With me, I've just been inundated, still am getting inundated by messages from members. Do they offer you severance when they canned you? The severance was offered, it was a joke. It was three weeks at my hourly rate, which, you know, I make my real money on the lesson tea, so it was really kind of a kick in the teeth insult, and I was very polite and just said, no, you can keep it, Um, I think I'll go... a different direction. What's
0: the end game, Brad? Is this like a Forrest Gump's run where it just ends at some point when you feel like ending it or are you waiting for something to happen officially before you'll stop hanging out by the uh, the front gates?
7: There are a couple of things that I'd like to see happen. I just have to be a little careful about talking about them in terms of legalities. I think there isn't an exact answer i think it kind of is forrest gumpish i i think i i just want to run and when i don't want to run anymore i'll stop running
0: there must be a million clubs in that area that need teachers any bites and does this protest make you more employable or less employable do you think
7: I think you have to look at it both ways, Um, and I don't want to be one of these guys on your podcast that just tries to uh, place Switzerland on every answer, but uh, I think you have to look at it from a standpoint of, I've been there 14 years, it's a long time down here at One Country Club people don't want to take a chance on someone that makes noise if they're let go so I can kind of see it both ways I've had pros reach out Mm -hmm. I've had a couple of job offers I've had a couple out of state job offers Uh, moving is not going to happen just kind of playing it day by day and trying to decide is maybe the next move me going out by myself as an instructor and going about it that way or do i even want to stay in the business my passion is teaching but there's really a whirlwind of emotions when you feel engulfed in a community i really felt like i lost a lost a family
0: what does uh the wife and the son
7: say about all this my wife isn't real happy about <laughs> it she, yeah she wants me just to move on let it go I, let it go yeah right you yeah, might my, my, come on yeah, Brad. My, let it go let it go well Brad. <laughs> it's it's tough to let go because it's a lot bigger than me i'm not just talking about the whole at will thing I, I think anyone that knows anything about an at will state i'm not gonna make much more than a couple drops in the pool with regard to that Okay. but i think it has a lot more to do with protecting employees still in there. And there's actually been a lot of uh, employees in the past that I'm told I've tried to connect, disconnect myself from this, but I'm told that many of them are talking to the media about uh, the toxicity of the country club and how they were treated when they worked there.
0: How much weight did you lose? And can you afford to lose the weight, Brad?
7: (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I think I can afford to lose the weight. It's funny. People, uh, they give me heck. I go, well, this is kind of how human beings look when they're not, you know, living off a of Coca-Cola and breadsticks. <laughs> I'm six foot, five foot eleven and a half, six foot. I, I, I think you'll spot me the six foot. I weigh a hundred and seventy pounds.
0: How much did you lose during the hunger strike?
7: How long, how long was the
0: hunger part of the strike?
7: The hunger part of the strike was probably upwards of 60 to 70 hours maybe maybe i'd say 70 hours 70 hours yeah, you, probably,
0: which, you probably lost a little weight during those 70 hours,
7: sure. Yeah, I lost about um, nine pounds, Cut. but really much of that was just water weight that I, I got back. You have to understand the feels-like temperature, and that's the only thing we care about in Florida, what it <laughs> feels like, right? The feels-like is uh, different in January than it is in May, uh, and it's different in May than it is in the dead of September. Uh, uh, but it was 100 degrees those couple days I was out there, and... Yeah, I lost, um, I lost a pretty good chunk of weight, but we're putting it back on. Brad
0: Steckline is the name. He's the uh, now former teaching pro at a golf club in Fort Myers. He's protesting how he was let go and the communication between he and his employers. I hope all that uh, you want to accomplish, Brad, you do. And I wish you and your family all the very best in your next encounter, the next chapter of the Brad Steckline story. Thanks so much for being with us.
7: Thank you so much for having me. I
0: got a question for you. Have you explored opportunities to save money each month on your mortgage payments? All it takes is about seven minutes to see what our next guest can do for you on the phone. Jordan Flowers of the Kirkland Office of Killed Mortgage is on the horn with us. How are you, Jordan? I'm doing
2: well, Mitch. Thank you. I missed you. It's good to be back. Uh,
0: Great to have you back. What's the latest in the Northwest market these days? Buyers and sellers and homes.
2: Yeah, everybody's seeing their homes in their neighborhood selling for way over list. It's an incredibly hot market for sellers. um, And we're working with a lot of buyers, helping them get into homes right now, but great time with low interest rates.
0: I'm not sure that I've ever asked you this question. What happens if I find a home that I really, really like and I wanna act upon, but I haven't sold my home? That's a dilemma for me.
2: Yeah, it's a great question. And one we face every day with the buyers that are calling in, especially right now with a little bit tighter inventory. So I've been working with a real estate company and we've developed a program where the company will go in and buy the new home cash for the buyers. Mm. Sellers of the home can move in and then list their home to sell it. Uh, Once it's sold, proceeds from that house will go to purchase essentially the private note that this real estate company is willing to go on. So the buyers go on title and it's a private note that we then do the long-term secured takeout financing on.
0: Okay, and how do we reach the Kirkland office of Guild Mortgage, Jordan Flowers and his
2: team? Direct line, 425-250-3145. Cell phone, 425-890-2957. Terrific partners, the Kirkland office of Guild Mortgage.
0: It's time for Quizlet number three. I improved from one to two. Ladies and gentlemen, here she is, Katie Versio, senior financial planner, our partners, Evergreen Golf Call. How you been, Katie? I've been good, Mitch.
9: Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm
0: good, I'm fearful, but I'm good. Let's go, (laughs) three questions.
9: Okay, so I'm gonna start you off with an easy one, and the the topic today is about taxes. The 2020 tax filing deadline has been pushed back From April 15th, uh, what's the new tax filing date? Is it July 15th, May 1st, April 30th, or May 17th?
0: Easy one, May 17th. They gave us more time in 2020 than in 2021.
9: Yes, I tried to trick you there. Uh, Last year it was July 15th, but this year it is May 17th. Okay, one for one. Question two, so tax reform is a major topic on everyone's mind this year. Uh, Biden's administration is proposing increasing the top income tax rate from 37% to what? Is it 40%, 42.5%, 39.6% or 38%?
0: I'm gonna be two for two, 39.6%, Katie.
9: That's right. Yes, that was what it used to be before the tax reform in 2017. So, yes, it's proposing from 37
0: to 39.6. I'm two for two and I'm going for the clean sweep.
9: Okay, let's see if I can get you here. So, um, another major component of tax reform is a proposal to lower the federal estate tax exemption amount from $11.58 Now, Washington State has our own a state tax exemption amount. So is that $1 million, $2.193 million, $4.2 million, or $6.193 million?
5: The
0: Democratic way, Katie. <laughs> um, I don't know what Washington State's current tax exemption is. I should know that. I'm gonna throw out the extremes. I'll throw out A and D. Let's go 4.2 million, I'll stay with C
9: okay so actually it's b 2.193 million dollars for anyone that passes away if your estate is above that amount you have to pay taxes to the state on that
0: not too bad two for three katie not too bad you'll come back soon evergreen golf call we love them everything wealth
4: unfiltered
1: Tough segment, Hotshot Scott, episode 142. I sent a pretty embarrassing text to a guy uh, who works at the University of Washington named Jeff Bechtolt. You may know the name. I know the name very well. So I've, I read that it's the NCAA selection show, as we record, for the softball World Series, the college softball World Series. They take 64 teams and they you know, have regionals and super regional. Yeah. And I was sort of, follow- I knew UW was pretty good, so I, I sent a text, I think, like, is UW going to be in the tournament? <laughs> Do you know Jeff? I know him well enough. Like okay. where we, like yes, we like <laughs> he doesn't come over and have dinner, but okay. you know I, yeah. he's always been nice to me, and yeah. we sort of keep in touch. And yeah, and um, but he, he said yes, they will be in the tournament. And so then I, I happened to look up, and Washington's ranked fifth in the country right now. And I was like, "What? Couldn't you have looked that up before engaging <laughs> oh, Jeff shit. Bechtel? Well, I saw something that had the top fourteen. Which Unfiltered
0: has a shaky enough reputation before this.
1: <laughs> I apologize to him for studying that stupid How about apologizing <laughs> to me? <laughs> That's true, I should. But as That's we record, it. we'll see yeah. where, where your Huskies land.
0: You know, on episode 141P, Hotshot, we talked about the un- the unfiltered. Fortunate passing of young Colt Brennan. Yes. Colt Brennan was the Hawaii record-setting quarterback. He was only 35, had a real struggle with drugs and died of an overdose. Yep. Or fentanyl. What did we describe it? I think it was, was fentanyl. It? Yeah. Fentanyl. He died uh, in the last week. Well, I don't know. I, I The Atlanta Journal-Constitution is one of the upstanding newspapers, really, heritage-wise, one of the upstanding newspaper publications in the world. Okay. The Atlanta Journal. Here was the headline. Ugh. Quarterback Georgia defeated in 2008 Sugar Bowl has died. Quarterback that Georgia defeated in 2008 Sugar Bowl has died. That was the headline. Hawaii, Colt Brennan, 2007, did the unheard of, which is take Hawaii to an undefeated season. They played in the Sugar Bowl against Georgia, and Georgia beat them. And that's the headline. For Colt brennan died, quarterback that Georgia defeated in 2008 Sugar Bowl. I mean, is it, do it's we a, do you have to throw that at the at the top of the list? I mean, really? It's a stirring
1: tribute to him.
0: How about former Hawaii yeah. All-American quarterback passes at 37? Noted thousand?
1: in the story, you might remember him from 2008 yeah, or have, something. It
0: might have to be the quarterback that Georgia kicked their ass. Right, yeah. Yeah. Come on. On his way out. Really? I mean
1: that that's what he gets. There you go. But you know, we are in just the, the click game, the clickbait game. You, you know, you got to have something in there to make I people guess. click still, I guess. But, all right, the stories are starting I think they
0: can do better than
1: that. They can. The stories are starting to come out. Here we go. Yeah. The the Bill Gates stories.
0: Oh, we're going Bill Gates now?
1: Well, we don't have to. It's early. It's early. Is it? Okay. We can do something else. No,
0: you can do Bill Gates now. Well,
1: the New York Times published a story, as we record on Sunday, alleging that the Microsoft chief had on at least two occasions and possibly more asked a couple of women who technically worked for him out on dates, but apparently wasn't all that pushy and ultimately failed in both instances. There's a story of one of the women being asked, and she just sort of laughed it off and walked away thinking he was joking or wasn't sure, but she was just uncomfortable with the whole thing, you knowing he's married. And yeah, so the stories are coming out from different women who he mm. approached. And yeah, mm. so I'm sure there will be more. A, spokes- a spokeswoman for Bill downplayed the Times report, of course, but didn't appear to outright deny the advances. She did, however, cop to Bill having an affair 20 years ago, which she says ended amicably and played no role in his decision to step down from Microsoft's board. But I'm um, we can look forward to more of these coming out, I'm sure.
0: Did you hear about the Target announcement?
1: Yes, oh, I sure did. I'm a Target red card member, so I follow all of Target news. You do? No, I don't know. I just, do you go to Target? <laughs> I love Target, yes. Yeah, I do too.
0: We call it Target. Yes. Anyway, uh, Target uh, is suspending card sales. There was a brawl apparently in a parking lot of a Target over a Pokemon card. Is that right? Or a, a baseball you know, you go to the front of Target. I can tell you, I can attest to this. You go to the front of the Target. That's where
1: they are. Yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, there's yeah. like a, that
0: little, oh.
1: Any yeah. card you can want sure, is there. The nice little football, football car, Sure, All of it, yeah.
0: Not not No longer. They're suspending the sale of sports memorabilia cards and Pokemon cards because of an apparent brawl yeah. in a Target, a Target parking
1: lot. I think people were buying whole boxes. For some reason, these collectibles have just gone through the roof lately. Maybe yeah, during I mean, the pandemic. I, mean, I mean, we've, we've talked yeah, a lot yeah, about yeah, Tom Brady card and all that. Of, yeah. So people were buying, like, greedily, buying... Whole, you know, you can open a box and there's, what, 40 packets or something. But they were trying to buy it. And then they actually had a limit on how many boxes you could buy. And that didn't work. And, yeah, people are... Why
0: should there be a limit on how many... Bo- why can't I go in and buy all the bo- boxes I want? we are trying to spread it
1: to other people so you don't <laughs> hoard them all and then make a profit. But I don't know if you saw the uh, statement. Walmart actually released a statement saying, feel free to continue to kick each other's asses in our stores if you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if you saw that or not. I wanted to add that. <laughs> Feel free to have a beat down in an aisle of our store. We're cool with it. No, it's a joke. We love Walmart. I guess, uh, I don't know. All right. My turn? Yeah. Uh, I told you that during the 2003 California gubernatorial recall election that the list of candidates was insane. Remember we talked about Caitlyn Jenner throwing her name into the, yeah. the new... I told you, because I, I, I remember this vividly in 2003, it got pretty crazy. So I, I went and looked back. Ariana Huffington, Peter Uberoff was on the ballot. Oh, sure, Larry Flint, I'd be a great governor. Connor. Gary Coleman was on it. (laughs) An adult film actress, Gary Coleman. Yeah, he was on it. Do you know how many people were on that cockamamie ballot that Schwarzenegger ended up winning? No, 154 (laughs) candidates were on the ballot, and Schwarzenegger beat them all. Jesus. But anyway, Mary Carey, the adult film star, was on the ballot in 2003. Never heard of her. And she, she's back again. Really? <laughs> she's running again. She made it clear that um, she'll be getting voter signatures for what she's dubbed her MILF campaign. Now, MILF is short for Moderates and Independents for Liberation <laughs> and Freedom. Yeah, that's what MILF is. Yeah, and she's calling it a grassroots oh, movement to stop what she God. sees as an oppressive California government. So there you go. Oh. It, it, there's going to be more of these, I promise you.
0: No one likes to take shots, hot Hotshot Scott, more than me at, at Tim Tebow. In fact, I've said over and over again on these podcasts that it bothers me that he's such a nice fella. Yeah, because it makes it hard to dislike him. Yes, I don't know that I ever disliked him because of his his um, religious beliefs. He's very outwardly religious, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Well, somebody has come to his defense because apparently somebody in the entertainment world <laughs> is fit to be tied. The Tim Tebow. <laughs>
1: when was the last time anyone was fit to be tied? <laughs>
0: But go ahead. Bit to be tied <laughs> yes. to Tim Tebow gets, gets um, criticized over his Christian beliefs. Okay. Just exactly who you would think would rally to Tim Tebow's defense. Kiss front man Gene Simmons.
1: <laughs> yes, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> he went out on a, uh, a crusade
0: on Twitter. He's sick and tired of it. He thinks that uh, shame on the NFL and shame on the rest of the world for stooping so low as to put down... Tim Tebow. I don't know
1: whether Gene Simmons and Tim Tebow hang out. I have a feeling Tim Tebow wasn't allowed to listen to his music <laughs> as a kid just for some reason in that household. <laughs> I don't know whether Shannon Tweed oh. knows Tim Tebow. I don't know. By the way, he tell the all person good, good, good. who wrote the story? He's not really the front man. I, Paul Stanley would like I to disagree to you with that. Headline.
0: Yeah, I read I think it's, Ace Freely deserves all the credit.
1: Well, he's very talented. Or Peter I wish I wish they were back in the band. I would go see them, actually, yeah. but they're not. Yeah, Tim Tebow and Gene Simmons does not seem like a match <laughs> made in heaven. <laughs> Is he taking a lot of crap for his
0: religion? And I mean, are you sure that nobody's been fit to be tied to
1: one? Yeah, I just checked. It's been a long time. All right, a ticket to see Tom Brady play against Bill Belichick could cost you oh a small my fortune. God. How about that? Yeah. With even nosebleed seats for his return to New England already running for $1,000 plus. Really? Yeah. Um it could yeah, they course. say it could He's be He's going to break
0: the record too on that in that game. They yeah, were,
1: they think it could be a record for an NFL game that's not a Super Bowl.
0: No, 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 I'm saying I think that Tom Brady can break one of the passing records. Oh, I, I, I see. think they figured it out and they put it Conven- they conveniently located the Tom Brady to New England game in a week where he could break the all-time oh. passing somehow a- either touchdowns or yards or one of the passing records.
1: I was you know? talking price of tickets. I know you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They're saying this it's I don't according to, to experts. I'm not going.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna it's actually Sunday night football, isn't I'm it? I'm not going. I'm sure it's yeah. Sunday night or Monday yeah, night, yeah, night yeah, but yeah,
1: I'm yeah. not going. No, no, no. I'm out.
0: Uh let's see here. Mark Ingram, the former Heisman Trophy winning running back for the Alabama Crimson Tide and the, the son of the Mark Ingram that I used to root what for. the Giants? Well, he used to play for the Dolphins, too. In fact, he's the answer to the trivia question, oh. not just a trivia question. Okay. Remember when Marino faked the spike to stop the clock yep. against the Jets, and he faked everybody out of their jock, and then he threw the touchdown pass to
1: Mark Ingram? He was kind of done by then, Mark Ingram, though, when you guys had him.
0: I remember him at the—he was winning stop. Super Bowls with the Giants. Anyway, his son is in the news. Okay. His son apparently became another one of those celebrities. I think I've done it. I'm not a celebrity, but I think I've done it. Uh, to criticize an airline yeah. for either canceling a flight. He criticized the
1: airline because they lost his bags. Pet peeve of mine, but go on. You don't like that. People calling out companies like on that. On Twitter. And then they're forced to engage. and yeah. like, like, you get special treatment now. Yeah. Everyone yeah. has I've done it. Everyone has airline problems. <laughs> like you're so special. Well, he... he um, He tagged United
0: Airlines. He was pissed. What am I supposed to wear? You lost my bag. (laughs) But here's the best part of the story. Uh, So, Mark, we just went through how Mark Ingram is Mark Ingram's son. How about Chris Long? Do you remember Chris Long? Yeah. He would be be Howie Long's. Oh, it is Howie Long's kid. I think it's Howie Long's son. Okay, I didn't know that. So, Mark Ingram's son complains about the uh, United Airlines. Howie Long's son, Chris, decides... He's, he's in your camp. He's annoyed with quasi-celebrities calling out yeah. United Airlines. So he changes his Twitter. Chris Long does. Okay. And instead of it saying Chris Long, he changes his username to United Airlines. <laughs> and he writes back to, to Mark Ingram, you're rich. Buy clothes. <laughs> I
1: love that. So I bet mean, there's some people who really thought it was yeah, you, like United said, Airlines and had if enough. You look at it, if you look at it, it says United Airlines. <laughs> they You're fi- rich. Finally reached their breaking point. Now they're You're rich. Buy clothes. <laughs> United Airlines probably wants to tweet stuff like that, but they know they can't. That's really oh, funny. Good for him. Good. good for him, yeah. He is. I mean, Mark Ingram's made a couple bucks in the NFL, right? I'm sure. He could afford to buy I'm some sure. new clothes yeah, on the road. Could, yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's all right. Auction house Christie's announced a bottle of French wine that spent more than a year. Aging at the International Space Station is expected to sell for around a million dollars for a bottle of wine that was aged at the space. Now, wine experts claim that it's going to taste differently being aged in space. These wine experts, I don't know how they know. They they can taste any little hint of any... I used to work with some of them. Call Damon Hewitt or um, Drew Bledsoe. They're, they're in the wine business. I had um, one guy tell me the difference between a $10 glass of wine and a $500 glass of wine yeah. is that you know one costs $500. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, let's not get too carried away. But uh, oh. yeah, they it spent nearly 440 days at the space station before being brought back to Earth. Now, he said the bottle of wine is being sold... With a second bottle that was aged on earth so the buyer can compare the two. The sale also includes a decanter, glasses, and a corkscrew made from a meteorite. Nice. Just so you get enough, you know, for your money for a million dollars.
0: I only have one more on my sheet that I wanted to bring up. But as you talk about the $500 bottle of wine, it made me remember something that I wanted to discuss. But I guess I forgot to put on my sheet. Did you read the story? I, and I don't even know why I'm intrigued by this story. But did you read a story about a guy who was robbed at gunpoint in Beverly Hills, California? No. Have you read that this week? I didn't. And I'm doing this based on memory, but you can look it up. Uh, You do you know Beverly Hills at all, Beverly? I mean, have you spent any time on the streets, like restaurant after restaurant on the streets, Rodeo Drive, and Uh it's it's like the wealthiest of the wealthiest areas in the country, right? Yes, it's it's Beverly Hills. That's right. right.
1: Yes, it's the Beverly Hills of Beverly Hills. This
0: is why I can't get over the story. I can't even visualize the story. Some dude, older guy, at two o'clock on a sunny afternoon in Beverly Hills is eating on an outside table. Okay, he's having lunch. And if you if you know Beverly Hills, there's there's restaurant after restaurant, and next to Gucci stores, and you Plano know and all that. Yeah, 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 I mean it's the it's the who's who. That's it's right. Beverly Hills. This guy's out on a porch, and three gang members, mm. at two o'clock in the afternoon. One puts a gun to his head, and the other one say, "Give us your watch." Okay, and they start. Pulling his watch out, this guy goes and he goes to—I don't know why he would do this—he goes to grab the gun from oh, the guy. Not smart. He does give the watch up, but he goes to grab the gun, and the gun goes off, and it doesn't shoot him; it shoots some lady oh. with a Prada purse. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. I think she's okay. But I'm like, it, it, it turns out the guy was wearing a five hundred thousand dollar watch.
1: Oh, well, those gang members have good eyes, and I guess they—that's <laughs> all—and good taste. Yeah, no kidding, man.
0: But I just. I don't know why. I told this story to Mike. I I can't visualize in the middle of Beverly Hills on a Sunday afternoon on an outside table with cafe after cafe and all the hustle and bustle and, and all these incredible stories that three gang members would come up and put a gun to a guy's head and take his watch.
1: Brazen, for sure. Did he get caught? Did anyone get caught? Yeah, they, in- got,
0: they got, I think, two of them. Okay. I don't know that they've got the watch back, but I, I don't know.
1: Tell your, your kids, if that ever, give don't them wear, what they want and don't reach for guns, and everybody. stop wearing a $500,000 <laughs> watch. That's right. That watch. Got- <laughs> God. That was a hell of a Hanukkah I, gift. If got I him. told
0: you once, I've told you a million times, <laughs> don't wear the $500,000 watch at an outside cafe in Beverly
5: Hills. That's right.
0: Okay, yeah. my last one, and then you can have the floor. And it's just a recommendation, and I know that you already saw it we talk about Saturday Night Live on occasion on the show? Yeah. Well, the Saturday Night... The SNL this past weekend... Who was the host? I'm trying to remember who it was. It was Michael Keegan.
1: Keegan, No, Keegan-Michael Key. Yes, yes. from Keegan-Michael Key. Yeah. They did a... I don't
0: Is it called a skit? Ah, yeah. What would you call it, uh, a sketch? It was a film. It was a film. It's one of the pre-canned ones. They did a... Yes, they did a deleted scene of the Jordan (laughs) documentary... Where they were playing quarters in the in the uh, it is so,
1: it's one of the best things I've ever <laughs> seen Saturday Night Live do. And and by and, the way, for some reason, that guy with the white curly hair really stood out to me in the Last Dance. I can of be- course, that's why they did it. Yeah, I know, but it's like everybody's been talking about that security guy. They picked the right the guy because oh, of course, yeah, he yeah. just he really and stood out. Heidi
0: Gardner, and I don't know who that is, but Heidi Gardner is the cast member. She's the one who played the security... Hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. It is... I don't want to say much more. If you... And it's available all over the internet. Yeah. The deleted... Or, or the 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 long lost scene that wasn't included... Yeah, yeah. ...of Michael Jordan and Keegan-Michael Key... Yeah, playing ...plays Jordan, Michael yeah. Jordan. And Barkley is in there. Somebody's playing Barkley in Oh, it's Keenan...
1: Uh, Keenan... Um... Thompson...
0: Yes. Keenan yeah, yeah. he's been on there forever Yeah, yeah, yeah. he plays
1: Barkley it's really funny
0: and she <laughs> plays that frizzy haired security oh. person with the glass it is it is fantastic and I took that personally
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean he played him perfectly it's fantastic it's, yeah that's it go that's see it if, if you haven't if you haven't seen it all right, here's a good sign that the world is starting to return to some normalcy they're back to kicking the shit out of each other at airports <laughs> <laughs> this one went down at London's Luton Airport, or Luton Airport, yeah. after a man threw a bottle at another passenger who was insulting his female traveling companion. Uh, Probably a bad move to do it in an airport, I would guess. Yeah. For some reason, lots of onlookers decided to get in the game, and, and when, she, when the dust settled, 17 people were arrested. Ooh. Three people received serious injuries and were taken to the hospital. The police spokesperson said, we take zero tolerance approach and continue to this took place at 8 a.m., <laughs> I mean, 8 a.m. I a fist fight. Like, what is going on with... Are people just walking around at level red at all times this past year and just... Well,
0: they're taking $500,000. Did you see the video that I retweeted on of the guy, the San Diego Padres
1: guy? I didn't put it on here because I thought you were going to talk about it. But again, like, level... Like,
0: walked over to the guy yeah. at a ball game. You got to see it on, the tw- on Twitter. You got to see it. Walked over to the
1: guy and threw one punch, knocked him cold, right? Oh, he was out abs- before he hit the seats, yeah. Out cold. Out cold. Yeah, but then strangers just jump in and start beating the (laughs) shit out of the other guy. Like, everyone's looking for an excuse to punch somebody. I swear, I Uh, think that's it. uh, All right, I suppose we have to discuss the tiger that was walking around Houston. The story won't go away. Did you see this? No, 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 no. Okay, there was a tiger, a legit 600-pound tiger, walking around a Houston neighborhood. It comes around a corner, and it, like, startles an off-duty cop who pulls his gun, luckily doesn't unload on the poor cat who's just walking around. So he almost dies from... all of a sudden, this SUV comes flying up. Smashes him. No. Wrangles the cat into the SUV and just takes off. Like, what just happened? Who was that person? Yeah. Someone, it was probably, so, so they're like, okay, well, this was someone's pet. It got out, and he's like free. A
0: 600-pound yeah, tiger? just jumped in the How SUV. How do you wrangle a 600-pound? Po- Maybe oh, there was he, oh, raw meat. In. I don't oh. know.
1: He jumped in the SUV. Gone. All right. Is there video of this? Oh, yeah. There's vi- tons of oh, video Oh, i got to see this. Yeah. Okay. So now we're like, this. well, who was that guy? How did I miss this? It, it's been all over. There keep, there's keeps. There's, so there's video
0: of the, t- of the tiger jumping in the SUV and, and speeding off? I'm pretty
1: sure there's video of him jumping in the SUV. Everyone's oh, got so the funny. ring cameras now, you know, and there's video of just oh, like God. you're all yeah. over earth. You yeah. can't get away from anything. Yeah. But so police eventually arrested a man named Victor Hugo for evading police after they say he's the guy who was seen on video wrangling the tiger last Sunday. His wife, Gia, led the police to a tennis club where the tiger was being held, which is interesting because her husband claimed he didn't own the tiger and didn't really know anything about it. Except for the part where you put it in your car and... (laughs) So anyway, uh, I figured you knew about this story, but it's... By the way, are SUVs
0: big enough to have 600-pound Tigers?
1: Maybe the back seat, but I don't know. this. No, I'm, you can't get into... 600 pounds? This thing's like nine months old. It's not even full grown, but they say it looks like to still be around 600 bucks. I gotta see the video. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, you see Bill Maher fully vaccinated, tested positive for COVID-19. No. Yeah. Fully, no, he, but
0: my doc, my I, I've seen, I've, I've heard of a lot of incidents of that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. He has to sideline his show for a bit. The staff is tested yeah. weekly and a rep for HBO said that yeah. he's totally asymptomatic and feels fine. And yeah. I've already reached out to the the producer I know down there about filling in as a guest host. Oh, you have. I yeah. Thought, yeah. To which he said, I'm a, going to need to see a reel to which I said, <laughs> shit. <laughs> That whole part of it, too. (laughs) All right, Bob Baffert being sued. Who couldn't have seen this coming? The betters. Class action lawsuit. From everybody
0: who had the second place finisher, right?
1: (laughs) Yes. Claiming he knowingly cheated and screwed gamblers out of some serious cash. Bob Baffert. Yeah. We'll keep an eye on that. All right. Rest in peace to New Jack. He's a wrestler you won't know. But his distinction in life is that he might be the craziest to ever be in the wrestling game. Oh, it can't be crazier than... Mick Foley's up dust there. Dust the Rhodes. <laughs> you only know one. I love. It. It's always dusty. <laughs> Let me tell you something, Tully Blanchard. Yeah, so he died at 58 uh, from a heart attack. He's... Oh. He's... In, you have to watch the Dark Side of the Ring episode. Not you, because you don't give a crap. If you're into wrestling, watch the Dark Side of the Ring. He was insane. So Anyway, rest in peace to New Jack. All right, one final one. Yes. Japanese scientists have developed a procedure. It doesn't have to do with the urethra, right? Uh, no. Okay, no, good. No, no, no.
0: Good. This is science, no right? No urethra.
1: This is science. So is the urethra. Okay. That's science too. Japanese scientists have developed a procedure that allows lab animals to breathe out of their rectum. In a new study published last week, scientists using – this is science. You shouldn't be laughing at this. Scientists using an enema of oxygen carrying liquid proved that oxygen-deprived animals and maybe people, which this could be a big breakthrough, can be saved via their bottoms. Turns out oxygen can be absorbed by tissues in the rectum and helping the animals recover, the study suggests. Okay, According to the New York Times – He started an alternative oxygen delivery research During his father's struggle with lung disease He was trying to come up with another way For people to absorb oxygen Jonathan Mark Wilson, a biologist At Wilfrid Laurier University in Waterloo, Canada Says he doesn't know of any animals That literally inhale air through their bottoms But turtles spend the winter Sitting on the bottom of a pond Never coming up for air And survive by taking in oxygen from water Via their rear ends So mimicking such a process Like you're doing in mammals Makes a lot of sense Cue the fart jokes. Go ahead. When when ventilators are, well, but you know, ventilators are helpful. They're not always available and they can break. We clearly need different strategies to help Uh... out patients with severe lung failure. That's what Dr. Takebe says from Japan. Oh, you want me to keep going? If this this becomes a viable alternative to absorb oxygen, they're going to have to adjust the current CPR mouth-to-mouth curriculum. This story sounded really familiar to me when I first read it, and then I remember taking part in a medical study about this process years ago for some extra cash. I ended up changing dentists. I remember feeling <laughs> feeling really cool when I learned how to French inhale a cigarette. If only I knew this existed, I would have been really cool. All right, and finally... What's French inhale? Oh, yeah, you know, see, I forgot who I'm talking to. Where you uh, you blow it out your mouth and then up your nose at the same time. It looks pretty awesome. You know, like you take a hit off a cigarette and you typically blow it out your mouth or yeah. out your, yeah. you blow it out your mouth and it, it goes right up your nose. So you blow out and inhale at the same time, you inhale through your nose. It's pretty cool looking. <laughs> okay. Chicks, it, chicks love it. Believe me. Uh, and if, if maybe I'd have known not, this was an option. Maybe back,
0: that was my problem. I mean,
1: yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right. And finally, Mitch Levy was recently <laughs> oh, quoted Jesus. as saying, God. <laughs> recently quoted as saying, I'm not impressed. Forget breathing up, but I've actually been talking out my ass for years. Come on. I don't get a bell for that one? That's funny stuff right there. You made a career out of it. You should be happy and proud of yourself. All right, I'm done.
6: <clears throat> you
1: haven't been, though? I mean, really, come on. <laughs> Stop trying to talk your way through it. I'm going to get out of this okay. at some point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. Yep. That's it. Become a uh, become a patron at MitchUnfiltered.com. By the way, if you if you want to join us on our PGA Championship pool yep. presented by Fireside Home Solutions, go to MitchUnfiltered.com. Pick 5 guys. 5 guys. Everybody picks 5 guys They got to all make the cut. No trunk slamming. No, Hot no shots no, no. got you no trunk slamming. No, no, no. All right? That's it. Episode 142, ladies and gentlemen, in the
5: books.